Yo, if I had a fro, life would be easy. That's what it says. Me and model me. Welcome to Bake Takes with Dick and Bones, episode number twenty. Look, 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 look. We promised you yes. an exciting guest. We didn't get it last time, but now for our twentieth episode, we didn't get you one special guest. We got you three. Three. Trace. <laughs> let me let me introduce. Okay. To so your left. To my left. Recurring, well, left, I just thought the right. Okay, all right. Get it together. <laughs> Which way are we going? We're going left. Left, all right. The, the guy we got on our show is just has so many talents yeah. that we probably can't contain them into one episode. We're going to pick and choose. But we're going to try. We're going to try. He is part-time brain surgeon. Oh <laughs> Not a brain part-time surgeon. Part-time rapper. Neurologist. Um, zookeeper. Monkey petter. Yeah. The one and only... Michael Kompor. Uh, well, thank you for having me, y'all. Woo! And to his left and right, Maybe. returning guest from episode yes. number 14, which is on travel technology and nonprofits, we have DC in the booth. Woo! And Herm. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Her- it was Herminator, <laughs> actually. Herminator. It's Herminator. Herminator. Okay, as Dick mentioned, we have two sets of uh, agendas for this podcast. The first is sports. We have... An NBA fan, I hear. NBA fan, All right, for we're sure. going to go through the NBA. Uh, you're a Nick fan, I hear. Nick fan, All right. but Ooh, that's honestly, the they have been killing me gonna, over the we're years. Gonna do it. I'm done with them. We're going to get to them. We're going to get to them. And we're also going to hit on Mike's um, you know, big topic, which is, which is brain surgery. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, he Everything in the brain. He's like, yo, everyone thinks I'm a fucking brain surgeon. <laughs> no. Neurology uh, and, his, and his scope of view, his perspective on that topic. That being said, it is uh, Thanksgiving coming up, Dick. Yeah, I what mean, you, uh, what we, I, hopefully we'll have it. No, we're not doing this. this uh, we're gonna have another episode before. Oh, uh, maybe. But what do you think for forty? Give it like, a shout out. Uh, this is beautiful. Right? Shout out, yeah. Thank you for America Veterans Day yesterday. Okay. America the ver- veterans, and thank you Trump for blocking all of the streets when I tried to get to oh, work. Oh my God, so annoying, Mike. What are you, uh, what are you thankful for? Uh, I'm, Actually, wait. Today's honestly, Veterans Day. I'm Fuck, today, not I'm this thankful really for my. Yeah, thankful for my brother. I love that. Uh, thank you. I'm thankful for. Uh, I'm thankful for Mosh House. I'm thankful for Mush you guys. House. The plug, the I'm plug. thankful for. Yeah, right. Plug it in. I'm thankful for Gatorade <laughs> being literally, literally the, the most refreshing beverage. Jesus milk. Sponsored by Gatorade. You know what I'm thankful for? I'll tell you. I'm thankful Sponsored. for candy. Oh, and with that said, segue. we have a candy tasting experience in the beginning Brought of each podcast. By. Brought to us by Sour Patch Waterman, the finest gummy candy no. in all the land. Okay, Dick is going to pull out a surprise candy for us to taste. Yeah, okay, what do you so got? We've, we've been talking about this candy for ages. I found out oh, no way. it's Mark's you got it? favorite candy. Oh. oh, no way. And I saw in the store, I, this has gone out of business. I, you can't find them anymore. They just changed the name. I have... Mike and Ike, <gasps> Sourlicious, oh. formerly known as Sour. Sour. Okay, oh. all right, take. Oh, Let me tell you the background on this, uh, if DC could allow, could allow me. The, we've been saying <laughs> the top five candies the entire podcast. Yep, yep. You know, Sour's, so Sour Patch, Pepper Bottle, and we always just assume Sour Patch is, uh, Zours is there. Zours we is haven't even tasted it since like eighth grade. It's, so it's, it's, let's I give it a chance. Okay, wait, 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 top five rapper. I don't like the I don't like how he's branding. He used to come in a bag. He used to come in a bag with the guy like that was fucked up. Now, look at this packaging. It's corporate rebranding. Yeah, it's Mike and it's got it's all about the product. And it's yellow. I don't understand why they changed name because for me, Zours was perfect. It still says Zours for the brand recognition. Don't you love Zours? They shouldn't have changed a thing. 
we got Mike and Ike Zaralicious Zaralicious. Guys, the rules are one bite. Everyone knows the rules. Scoring from one to ten. All right, I'm going blue. We gotta go blue. We gotta go blue. Oh my gosh. I, I'm still trying to think if me and Danny have identical taste buds, so let's see what see what's popping. Oh. Mm. oh man. Wow, that's good. Tastes remember. like childhood. Oh, you guys remember. Oh my god. All right, rapid fire. Oh. Reviews one to ten. Dan, what do you got? Ten and a half. Dick. Ten. That. 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 Not only is not a real score. score. It doesn't okay, make sense. It's fine. Go. What do you got? Um, bro, this is eight point eight. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going nine one. Wow. Nine one. Broke nines. Broke the nines. It's 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 own class. I'm gonna can I have an explanation for my Absolutely. So eight nine. Well, so oh, that's, and that's good. Because Strong. For me, Zowers is a nine seven when they're when they're refrigerated. Oh, mm. he, so he brought that up before the show. We didn't get a chance Ooh, to have some though. time by the activity. We should have it uh, cool. No, 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 no. Herminator, what do you got? One to ten. <laughs> I'm like an eight five. Eight five. Solid eight yeah, five. Okay, with that said, it is in the top five. Confirmed. And wait, what is it? What is it knocks out? Uh, it's in there. I don't care. It's uh, in there. All right, all right. We're moving on to well, the NBA. Put 20 things into the top yeah, five. it's fine. No, it deserves its own spot. This so much. <laughs> Mike. Good start to the cast. That's I hear good. you're a basketball fan. I'm a basketball fan. And yeah. a Knicks fan. So, fan. let's talk about the NBA. Season started. We actually did a, a preview um, oh. as the last or two podcasts ago. So, let's see, yeah. we'll see where we are now. Yeah. You know, almost 10 games in the, through the season. Um, so, let's hit on just some division leaders. Let's talk about just who you've seen overperforming. You know, which teams have really stood out well, above that's their... A, that's a negative way to say it. As, yeah. Like, overperforming as was like... Right, you didn't, you didn't think they were going to be good. Surprise teams. Right, like, right, you know? right. Who's playing well right, out right, of the this gate? This is going to be a bit interesting for y'all, yeah. but I'm going to have to say the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, yeah. I kind of agree. I think that they started, they started extremely surprising uh-huh. because... I haven't I haven't seen LeBron this intense on the defensive end yeah. in five years. He's engaged. Years. He's engaged. So seeing that, it's been weak for other teams in the like, past three, four years, for right. the regular season at least. Yeah. And Dwight Wait Howard so is su- surprising me. And Kyle Kuzma is going to come back into his role. Right. Okay. And then we got Anthony Davis, who I think he's is a freak. He's, he's a, heavy, so, he's he's a top five like player. A couple things. Easy. When he's healthy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think Mike's point about them, you don't think they were going to come out as hot? Because you saw LeBron already do this with different super teams. Yes. With the Heat, it was the whole first half of the season was a crazy struggle for him. Nah, but listen, he never had Anthony Davis on his team. You think? He never had. You think it's because like they're so tight, all the other players get elevated too. Yes. Like Dwight Howard's a friend, you know, yeah, so like yeah, yeah. he wants to play well with them. Dwight Howard, big surprise. Javale McGee. Uh, who else on that team? Uh, it's Danny so Green. Danny Green. Danny Green. I think is a, is a valuable asset for them. For sure. And also, I, I mean, I'm impressed with Dwight Howard because I, you, I'm, I'm one of the people well. that kind of said, yeah. uh, of course, I'll have one. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so I'm one of the people that said, hey, Dwight, like. You've been on the comeback tour for a while. You've been on now. his comeback tour. No, 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 the no, second like time on on LA as part of the comeback tour. That's so underrated. And, and I've been a little bit disappointed because yeah, I've heard about rumors that. about his work ethic type of thing, but it seems like he's grinding. He lost some weight. Yeah, he's uh, looking he's mean. Light. Like he's mean looking mean. He's going so the Lakers at seven and two, top yeah. of their division. I kind of can't fail to notice. Um, I mean, Phoenix is six and three. That blew yeah, my mind. Is that also. a real team? I, mean, yeah. I, I said before that season. I said coming to his own right here. First of all, Ricky Rubio used to be worse than Knicks on our preseason record. Oh, record. dude, Ricky Rubio's playing great. He's playing, averaging twelve points, eight Rubio's assists. Gone. He's leading that team. They Rubio have a was solid, good the past solid years too. Group like of guys. Yeah, and, and I think he played well like overseas, like for the, the tournament, and it kind of got me like, oh my god, oh, yeah. I miss Rubio a bit. He's good. I think he's like keeping up that intensity. He's a top what top five pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean he's on the You know, his shot gets a little bit better every year. 
Yes. Came into NBA with zero three pointer. Yeah. Right. You leave him open. Okay. Now, now he's think about this reliable. team. Though. Think sure. about this team. You have Ricky Rubio. Yep. You have Booker. You have Kelly Oubre. Yep. You have um, Darius Sarge is on the team, and then you have uh, the big guy. Evan Aiden. Aiden. That's, a, that's a legitimate team. Oh, oh. That's a legitimate Aiden got suspended for, for like twenty games. No. Oh, I think really? Did. What was yeah. that for again? Drugs. So, so let me hear yeah. the question. Did they sniff the playoffs? What do you think about this? Oh, sniff the playoffs. No, no, no. Give me, did they get 35 wins? Oh, of course. Yeah. Wow, well, you are high on the Suns, Suns now? Yeah, no, yeah, because yeah. I think if you look at the way they move the ball. I disagree. And, and, no, but, but I mean, it, it normally lands in Devin Booker's hands, but yeah, I'm saying yeah, yeah. They, have, they have good offense. So yeah, they're, like they're in the West. Here's they why I disagree. Here's why I disagree. Knicks came out 8-2 one year. Yeah. 8-2. Oh, you think it's just... They weren't even... By... Three fifths of the season. Was that? After was that? like the um, 2015 or something like that. 15. Oh, uh, you know, those with Melo. I'm really right. about these like and they prolific scores. Right. You know what I mean? Booker. And and I think Booker is next level. I mean, he's, he yeah, he yeah. scored 70 what like three years ago or something yep. like that. 72. Yeah, that was wild. People don't give him credit at all. He's kind of one they of the most underrated credit. players in the league because he hasn't won anything. Can't win a game. Can't win a. Yeah. Uh, all right, he's stuck. On, he's stuck. He's stuck in a crazy conference. Um, so actually, the, the the do you think they get over thirty five wins is a segue to how we're just going to run through the nurses basketball. Let me give you the over unders on the season, okay? And give me your predictions on these teams, right? So I'll start with, um, I'll start with the Warriors, okay? Coming into the game, coming into the season, I'm not sure what kind of expectations you had, but now forty one games over under. Basically, are they an above average team, above five hundred team? What do you think? Unfortunately, not under because I think honestly, there's. There's this idea of, all right, we got the young guns. They're going to come up. They're going to develop. But unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win much. Right. I think, I think you need star power to, to do most things in the but league. But this is the best thing that could happen to them, right? It is. They, have, sure. they, have, they already have a tough uphill battle with Clay out. Yep. Now Steph gets injured. If they could like almost tank for a year, yeah. yep. you got a great pick. Yeah. And then Steph comes back. Clay comes back. They're now uh, – the same team they were when they won the first championship. Can they lose with a top ten pick? Yeah, but I think, I think going into this, on. you know, you lose you lose Clay, right? Mm-hmm. You lose KD. You know, you lose Iggy. Iggy's they a big piece of that. Iggy's a big piece of that. Uh-huh. And you replace them Iggy with guys that piece, now there's now injuries. Now there's injuries. And I want to read you off the starting lineup first their game loss to OKC. Yeah. Starting lineup starting lineup. How many of these guys do you even recognize, right? D'Angelo Russell's one. Yeah. Oh yeah, we tried this. Okay. Alec Burks. Glenn Robinson, Willie Cauley Stein, oh, and Jordan Robinson, Poole. Mich- that is yeah. the Glenn defending, Robinson, not the defending guy. champs. Sorry, the you know the, the dynasty where you don't even recognize the, who's I playing mean, for the team. They, they I lost almost, in the finals last year. The collapse of the Warriors. No, but in the was finals, so is, yeah. But I think it's gonna. I think they're, they're. It's next three seasons are gonna be so successful that you're gonna forget that this one year even happened. Hey, you think they're just they're a, a, a tremendous management, and they're just gonna bounce right back, or you think they got lucky? Both. They have right. a tremendous management. They still have. Three, uh, four all-star players on their roster. Yeah. Right. Well, let's see what happens. I'm a little bit nervous. I think maybe Draymond Green. Is, so, you, but you think they go to Portland too? You think they? Um, they're at a b- below 500 team though. Yeah. Yes. Dick, what do you think? This season, yeah. This yeah. season, this season sure. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the Clippers. 55 games over under. Dick, what do you got? Oh, God. 55 is a lot of games. Yeah, it's a lot. What's the record right now? Seven and three or something? Um, I believe they're six and two. Ooh, no, they're six, six and three, yeah. Uh, fifty-five. With that's with, a record of fifty-five. With and, Paul uh, George injured, with uh, Kawhi on you know time limits, time management. 
You see that load? Yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they're even I trying mean, to win. I, I would say just story. under 53, 54. Yeah, just under, under, just right. under, like one I'll or two have, years. I have to agree because I think that because of load management, right? Because I'm a bit nervous about Paul George's health. They haven't even proven that they can. And play that's with what each Toronto. Other. And that's what they kind of what Toronto did last year. They had a great record, but like they were okay losing games when Kawhi was out. And, and they sure. won the championship. And that's it. It's a strategy. It, do do I like this strategy? No, it's not good for the fans. But do I understand it yet? You know what's funny? Kawhi's been playing in that environment where he's able to do that his whole career. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs invented game, like, load management. Like, what the yeah, hell was yeah, that? Yeah. It started right. resting Tim Duncan, Tim yeah. Duncan all The fans this. used to get upset because they paid for tickets. Yeah, yeah. The players, right? And then he went to Toronto where they did the exact same thing for right, him. Right, right. As now, opposed to, like, a Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau used to grind. Drill their guys to the ground. Yeah. So, Mike, let me ask you. Mike, uh, Clippers, you said... Over? Just under. Just under. Really on you two, right? Just under? Yeah, 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 Okay, let me ask you the question. Yeah. I said originally Lakers 35. The real one I wanted to ask you, I had it on my list, is Lakers 53. Now that you've seen... Oh, you asked Lakers 35? Yeah, that was a big mistake. Now that you've seen what you've seen, 53 uh, wins. 53 wins. What do you think? Um, That's a big I, number. I think over. Wow. Okay. I think over so you well. believe in this uh, team. Right. Because I think that just because of the politics of the situation I think yeah. the Lakers want to go for one of these two to be MVP they'll just make it work you don't, have, you don't think any chemistry issues could happen no, I think they've shown I, actually, the actually I think okay, Rondo I'm, I'm actually a bit nervous about Rondo coming he's back a he's a head case I also think recently if you look at it he's, he's a bit of a defensive liability I think they can only right. go down in defense he was once an all-star defender I mean offensively when you have a pick and roll you have a pick and roll game, with LeBron you think? Yeah. pick and roll LeBron yeah, and AD it's close to unstoppable it is I mean, that's. We're, we're, I think. I think it, it, we're not doing a service to one of the best players in the league, leading the Lakers. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. Alex Caruso. <laughs> Alex Caruso. Like, like, come on. Oh, this guy yeah, is is the one. Yeah, he's playing really well. well. So you said Dwight playing well. Danny Green, obviously, a uh, good piece there. Um, let me hit you with the last one on this topic is the one. Brooklyn Nets. Forty-five oh. wins. Forty-five oh. wins. For context, they had forty-two last year. So I'm basically asking: Are is is the Kyrie experiment, I'm going to call it, is that going to net at least at least what they had last year? No, I don't even think they're going to get into the playoffs. Damn. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, so the Nets, by the way, that's a big take. I, I, let me I just get the standings out for a second. The, the Nets are four ever. and five. The Nets are four and five. Yeah. I think he actually ruined, he ruined the chemistry they had. It's unfortunate, and he's a chemistry ruiner. It, if he you're comes in a, like a fucking crazy guy. Crazy. If you're going to have a team with a star where there's already a lot of iso ball going on, yeah. you have a second iso ball player on the side, which is Kyrie. That's right. But if you're trying to run a team that's built off that kind of togetherness and energy, you For can't sure. have Kyrie in there. The same thing happened with yeah. Celtics. Yeah, the that's Celtics, the Celtics the, are so happy to have Kemba yeah. Walker. The Celtics are so happy to have Kemba Walker. Yeah. They're grooving. But meanwhile, the Nets, just with Kyrie alone He's, averaging, have 30 a game Kyrie is averaging yeah. 30 points a game. He's averaging five rebounds, seven assists, 40% from three. He's balling out. Yeah, but, yeah. but their team is four and five. That's not what the Nets last year were. Everybody was like an 18-point guy. Right. And DeAndre Russell, that was their was their like was main guy. guy. Yeah, but he he like passed it off a little bit. He didn't control the ball as much. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie needs in his hands at least yeah. fourteen out of the twenty four seconds. Yeah, and four, uh, five of them. That's kind of what you out. saw when his in his time in Cleveland. He was yeah. the guy, but his team were awful. His teams yeah. were really like, bad. That's the thing. I mean, it's been the in case. his early seasons. Yeah, and then when LeBron came in, they were successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's right. because he's, he, that's just how it is. You know, Kyrie can't lead a team. I mean, it's not even like an opinion statement. I feel like it's factual. Do you think it, something As significant changes yeah, with, the, sure. with, with KD? You think um, when they get KD, everything will change? I think, it, I think it turns into one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, because wow. KD has already been, been there, done that. He's led teams. He's a LeBron for Kyrie. Right. And, and, right, and, and not only a LeBron, I almost think 
like, I mean, right now, I think if Durant comes back and he's full form, right? Like, even if he's even if he's eighty percent, even if he's eighty percent of real Durant, Brandon, we can feel about him, but yeah. I, I, I'm just I think Durant's next level scorer, next yeah. level yes, scorer. Hall of Famer, Durant. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy. Oh, easy. 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 I'm I mean, Durant. Durant. He's gonna be one of the top Honestly, scores ever. Durant's oh, really? top all time. So you think they? You think right you now. think they just have to wait one year in the magic of KD, who's also a head case, by the way. Yeah. You think they get it, get it together, and they and they and they win and they could win the championship I, with that I team? I think they can. I think they can for sure come out of the wow. East. Um, I think that Giannis and Chris Middleton. Yep. Giannis, I don't think they can get to the finals. But do, do you see this guy we were talking about before? Like, Unbelievable. Who would you rather, Giannis or um, or who we say uh, the the um, point guard of the, uh, the Mavs? Luka. Luka Doncic. Yeah, who would you uh, rather uh, start a team with? Dude. So I said, I said uh, Giannis only because Giannis... He's still you still could see room for improvement. Right. Luka right. like, looks like he's maxing out and his skill set. The fact that set. you're saying that is kind of scary. The fact that Giannis... Has Giannis been for yeah. and Giannis yeah, yeah, yeah. is it's crazy. Giannis yeah. has been a thirty-five, uh, uh, thirteen, and eleven. And in you're the like, yeah, he can improve his. He can improve his three point shot. Still, yeah. it's crazy how good he is. Yeah, and you're saying so, Luca's kind of tapped out talent wise. You're saying right. So, so, so that's what I'm know. saying. So that's why I think Giannis in in one or two years, this guy could be putting like Wilt numbers. You know, Giannis, Wilt I mean, numbers. I think right. I think Giannis is basically has already proved himself, except in the playoffs. I think he's outside well, shot. One chance. Problem, yeah, one chance. Right? And I think if you look at the record so far, I think they're playing pretty well. And I think if you look at Giannis, I think his score, his shooting is better. Yeah, yeah way he's getting better. Yeah, that's so, why he's saying he has potential. Saying. So I think I think they can get next like, year. Who knows? I'm just 40, nervous because I 15 and 10. I think Philly. I think Philly. Yeah, I was gonna say the guy he reminds me of is Ben Simmons because yeah. if Ben Simmons gets a jump shot yeah. or a three point shot, he's the best player in the league. It's it's no. You think awesome. Ben Simmons would be better than Giannis? I think they would be equal. I think because they would be equal. Ben Simmons could just kind of pass abilities next yeah, level. Yeah, he's, he's, he's super talented. He's also big. I told a stat on one other podcast. He's never. Made a point, a three point shot in his entire career. Yeah, that's not crazy. He did in um in preseason, preseason I think this yeah, season. Yeah. He really he, he hasn't oh, attempted one. He hasn't attempted one this he'll, season. He'll hit one this year. Let me give you the uh, you know, Philly like, just to wrap this up. Philly. Yo, rapid fire Philly, and then we got to move on. Philly, uh, fifty two wins over on there. Real yeah, quick. Yeah, I think over. I think over. Over. Yeah. They're playing well. Yeah, yeah I think they give it. Okay. Next topic is out of the NBA. I just thought this was funny. I bring it up. Dion Waiters of the Heat. Okay. You saw this? Yes. He overdoses. On a, a weed gummy, uh, okay. and has, has a, a seizure. Is the word overdose? He uh, well, he has a panic attack on yeah, the team. Yeah, panic attack and a seizure are very different Airplane. Things. I just thought that was funny. I got your. Uh, I mean, what's your take on that? Okay, so that's not the funniest thing about Dion Waiters because I know he's played the two K story modes, and you've seen the Dion. Have you? You've seen no, this video? Oh my god, it's the fucking funniest video. We'll pull this to it later. Yep. Dion said, "Dion, uh, uh, what the fuck's his name? Waiters. Yeah. Um, he does the voiceovers for one of yeah. his character, yeah. and he he doesn't know how to read lines. He doesn't know how to read fucking lines. <laughs> he goes, he goes. Oh, who's what's it out there? That was a good, good game. And like all, all his, his spacing between words don't make any sense. So I'll be like, oh, it's so funny. It's like, all right, we got to send the link to young, a young Rascal, like you doing Dude, I almost call? forgot. Oh, I almost forgot man. to bring this up. One of the NBA teams in the league yeah. are the Knicks, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even mention the Knicks. Okay. So with that said, you almost move on to football. Oh my god, I almost did. Thank God I truth, called myself. Truth, we even I like the I like the around the league situation. Around the league's good, but let's talk yeah. about the Knicks. Offensive. News. I don't want to know the Knicks. They fucking suck. I don't even know what to say about Mike. The Mike. Mike. Are you gonna get, let me just set it up for you. Let me set it. Let me set the stage. I don't even mean that. News. Breaking news. We just saw across uh, Sports yeah, Center. We're watching, by the way, uh, the Niners versus Seahawks. We'll tell you the uh, updates here. 
Breaking news that the Knicks are laying the groundwork to fire their head coach. What is it? How, how do you even leak that sure. news? Let me how tell you, you Steve Mills. Mean? Steve Mills. The team is two know. and eight. The team's two and eight. How do we know? Ten about? games into the season. Very easily could be four and six. Steve Mills apparently reporting to push James Dolan to fire Fisdale. Fire Fisdale. Ten games into the season, oh, especially wow, after the last year, interesting. Going up the change, tattletaling. Oh, I just want to play you before you respond, before you react to this. Yeah. I just want to try to play my friend, uh, my friend, Mister Stephen A. Smith. Let me just play it for you. How do you Why come you out the show? in a press conference with a straight damn face on an NFL Sunday evening in the immediate aftermath of an atrocious loss to a hapless Cleveland Cavaliers squad? By twenty, and literally say with a straight face. We were supposed to be better than this with the roster you have accumulated. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do that? All right, thank you, Stephen A. Now, with that said, what is your instant reaction? What do you guys think? I don't know how I feel about the Knicks anymore, man. I mean, it's, it's a team I used to cry about, a team I used to be emotionally invested in. Right. Honestly, over the years, this is a bit personal. I became a little bit apathetic to the team. I can't handle it anymore. I think they're like... Being but that, the funny thing is that you still, stuck, you still I, stuck with the NBA. You're still an still NBA fan. I'm an NBA fan. I just... I, right. it, I think over time you can develop these like aversive, uncomfortable things, and the Knicks have become that for me. You, like, you going have a, you near have a, Channel Seventy One, abusive relationship with them. I can't <laughs> go near Seventy One. It makes me like it's aversive for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something <laughs> happened. You've been abused. You've been abused. Been, Dick, what do you think? As New Yorkers, that's just and we spoke about this before. We spoke about this before. As a Jets, Mets. Knicks yeah. and Rangers Trifecta. fan. I Trifecta. still have never. No, this is all four. I have never seen a championship in my lifetime. I was gonna say uh, the Mets ruined baseball for me. They uh, ruined baseball. Wait, so let me talk uh, about yeah, the Knicks. Yeah, sorry. Knicks. So obviously, I have to be a Knicks fan because we're like self-loathing people in yep. New York that just love uh, pain. Masochist, yeah. Um, what do I have to say about it? It's it's really heartbreaking every year because you know they're gonna suck yeah. no matter what, and you're still hoping for the oh, best. Gosh. And this year, they promised we got a bunch of no, but great let me, let me, players. Let me disagree with you. Let me disagree with you. I'm going to quote uh, Mr. Joe Stern from our Knicks uh, chat. We have just joined. Um, he said, well, guys, you're all freaking out. But what was the plan? So there's a, there was the actually a statement. We want to be mediocre. Like, there was it. a statement sent from Steve Mills yeah. saying, we are not, to the, to the fans, we are not happy with the progress. What did we predict just two weeks ago when this, we did this podcast? What were the Knicks going to make? You know, 30 25 wins, 30 wins. wins. 30 wins. I said 30. They're on pace. For that for that total, if they win one more game, if they're three and uh, three and seven, I have very eight. little comp. Yeah, but they didn't. They this would all be fine. So my question is, what did we actually expect out of this team? We expected them to and fight. Why are we every, so upset? We expected them to fight every single night. And when you watch every third game or two out of three games where they just give up by halftime, yep. it's disheartening. You got dogs, right? You got Julius Randle. You got Marcus Bobby Morris. Portis. That's you got Marcus Morris. They fucking quit. By halftime, and then just go into hero ball where they try to boost their stats so they get traded. That we didn't, we didn't sign up for that. We signed up for a team that's gonna fight. And even if you go zero and eighty-two, be in every game, be a competitive team. We didn't get that shit. So who do you think this is on? Is this on Fizdale? It's on. Uh, I, I I don't know. You're it's talking on about motivation. You're talking about motivation, yeah, which falls fix. on the head coach. Yeah, maybe I was fix. gonna start this it whole. It could be also be Mills and and, and okay, right. for for orchestrating this. Team of, of uh, buffoons. Yeah, that I was going to orchestrate this whole thing just to quote Stephen A. You know, is this is this throwing Fizdale under the bus, or is it is it valid? That's the whole question. The thing right? is, I think it's valid, and here's why. I Ooh, think I disagree, man. Just kind of more generally, I think. Let him answer. If Ooh, you got if you got a team, yeah. right, um, and you just see that the way they're playing and the effort level is not there, and you need someone to catalyze the team, they don't have 
the the leader on the team, right? So you think it's they a, need yeah, the it has coach to be a player? Right. It can't be a coach. Yeah, I mean, can't it, do it. It, either if it's a play, it, it could be a pro- player, right? I, I think but you have some guys that are like Taj Gibson. He's not the best player, but you have some leaders in the locker room. I think room. if Taj yeah. Gibson was was like four years ago, Taj Gibson, it sort of all collective would be way better. He's For at sure. that point where. He's really too old to like to matter. Be a good player. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. For, like Vince Carter. I'm I'm sorry. Like I love the dude, and yeah. I think he's giving some good uh, advice. But he's not. He's not. Nobody's gonna think he's the leader of that team. Right. You know, Vince Carter. There's, a, there's a emotional so captains. Old. There are emotional captains. Yeah, but you they they're never gonna watch as Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz is still, Larry still doing yeah. it. That's the thing. Right. You you have an emotional leader, but they're definitely not seen as as much as, as, as the Rob guys that Lowe. fucking do it. <laughs> see Rob Lowe in the background. Yeah. All right. So let's forget the forget the negativity. We know we're dealing with uh, yeah. the most dysfunctional fran- franchise I think in sports history. But let's look at the positives. You think right? so? What about I, the Browns? You think just just gut instinct? Does Fizdale last the, the season? No. Um, I don't think with that statement. Wow. Like, that because statement? it's gonna be tough to reverse. This yeah, 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 yeah. Where do we go from there? You know what it's like? Okay, okay, okay. okay. I got a great, great, exa- great segue. Yeah. Uh, one of my coworkers, who's a supervisor, yeah. got put on the pip list. What is that? It's um, uh, something improved in performance. Pip list. Basically, oh, a, they're about to get fired. About pip list. Yeah. yeah. They're about to get fired. So now, how do you get? Like, I asked my boss. I'm like, you think what was like. What's worst case scenario, best case scenario? Well, and likeliest case scenario. Likeliest case scenario is like, yeah, I, I have to fire her because even if she comes back off of it, how, how do I trust her after that point? Mm, that's hard. So it's like, once you put that message out that you're on the pip list or yeah. you're you know, up for, or, or there's somebody's pushing to fire you, yeah. you can't come back from that on both sides. I want to hear this Nimshaw soon. Yeah. So, so Dave Fitzdale basically has been on the pip list right yeah. now. But with that okay. statement, he's on the pip list. No, but I feel like the, I mean, the, 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 judgment, no, the judgment of him... Just last season till now yeah. is totally different. Last season yeah. we're like, yeah, we're losing, we're tanking for Zion. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, we're supposed to be losing, guys. You know what's but, funny? but everyone's pissed off, right? Yeah, yeah. We we were almost like back to the, the, the you're a better mix, coach because you know? you're winning. Because you're, you're, you're losing, losing. right? Like he oh, was accomplishing nice loss. the goal. Yes, right. yeah, yeah. Now it's like, dude, you did the same shit. Jeff Hornacek, we're like, maybe he's just a bad, maybe he's just a bad head coach. We felt like he was strategically losing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are the signs of Fizz being a good coach? It's what about a bad coach? I have plenty for a bad coach. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. you're right, the I fact that Mitch doesn't past, play over 20 minutes a game. That's true. That's I mean, the main on. issue no, for foul me. trouble. Come for on. sure. But I think he has to be in more to find his own a bit. And I, I think last season he He's was great amazing. with the players, though. He, the players love him. But so he's, so just, Mike, he's, he's just not a head coach. Fizz? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think there's a there's Do you want him to last? No. I need. I think we need a little bit of shake-up. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, so I was thinking about this today. Okay, let's. We want off with Fitz's head. We need a new guy in in charge. Who's that guy? Because if you were just replacing a, a buffoon with another buffoon, Jeff Van Gundy, it's a buffoon Fox. switch. Yes, and, 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 and that was just the circle of the. That's Knicks. what the Knicks have been doing every yeah. single year. Yeah, they haven't had. I, you posed this before in the, in the in the the group chat. Well, who's the last Nick man, uh, head coach to finish out their contract. their contract? Yep. Yep. It doesn't yeah. happen. I don't remember. Let me ask you this simple question. Maybe, 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 maybe Mike, uh, what's his name, D'Antoni? Did he? I don't even know. No. They, they fired. No, he didn't. They fired, yeah. yeah. Let me just ask you this very simple question. Literally, I almost tattooed him. Fellow Knicks fans, fellow Knicks fans, do you think we see a Knicks conference championship game in the next five years? Doesn't look good. Five years, a long time. Okay, looking up at the sky. The only way I can see that, yeah, he's praying. Praying. What do you think? The only way that could happen is ready to get number one pick at Cole Anthony. Okay. And... You, they, let me ask it differently. Sorry. Okay, I was going to say how, how let me ask the mellow ball. But like, are any know. players who are oh, currently on the roster? Or any players who are currently on the roster on the roster on, yes, our, on that yes. team? Yes, RJ. Let me, let me give it here. RJ. 
Um, maybe Frank because he's super cheap. He's playing and well. Mitchell Robinson. Frank okay. is playing well. So those I know, three. Those three. I think good, we could. I think we could say that's completely five different. years. Frank, Mitchell Robinson, Cole Anthony. I mean, and then, then we got. How, Cole how do we feel about Knox? Oh, I forgot about Knox. He's stuck in mud. He's not. He's I, I, not. I could see Knox just going team for team. I, I don't know. I don't see him as a, like a like yeah. a elite in, level impact maker. player. Elite yeah. level. Let me talk about Frank just for a second. He deserves a, little, a thirty second. Then we're gonna move on to football. I know you don't like football, but real quick. I don't follow Frank Nilakina. <laughs> Frankie Nilakina, who everyone has taken their turn to shit on this guy. Yeah. He's what twenty one years old. He's. I don't even think he's twenty one. Okay, guy can't even drink. And now he's been playing well past Wait, the games. Wait, can we have bets on Frank Nilsen's age? Because I think he's like 24. Nah, okay, he's okay, definitely okay. under Over 21. under 20, 22 uh, I think we need bets from the whole room here. No, no, no. no. He's yeah. under 21. Neil Herman board. And if, <laughs> yeah, and, if, <laughs> and if he's 21, then he just turned All right, 21. and the answer is... 21 years old. He was and born in 1998. Uh, uh, July, I said. Wait, it. Is he older than my sister January 28? He is... Older. I said if he was 21, he just turned. Oh, he's younger. Sorry, he's younger. <laughs> okay, Frankie's playing well. Past two games, I know it's a small sample size, but he's turned it up. Right? You could see it's okay. So the thing with Frank was the whole time he had the length, he had the t- defensive tenacity, which you can't teach. Right. He had the skills in in the younger levels where he was going to the basket and dunking. I remember the one of the first highlights of Frank I saw was a dunk, but he didn't have the confidence. Yep. Zero confidence. Mental game, mental he game. didn't. Never took uh, uh, aggressive drives to the basket. Didn't want to shoot. It always hesitated. Now he's playing a little. I don't know if it happened from the defensive end or what, but he's yeah, playing right. with a little confidence. Exactly. And what he's do you think like, happened? Uh, what was the switch? I just don't understand. I don't know, but but I think he got like maybe like just hit a couple just, couple maybe, shots. Maybe or maybe it's once you because now you're playing. You you don't want to be embarrassing. You know, so now you're playing desperation. Oh. And I think he was slightly improving towards the end of the last season. No, before we he saw got him, we saw him preseason. He was he was the same Frank. I mean, even the, the first few games of the season, true. it was pretty shitty. Yeah, but he, but he also had a little bit of so friends. So do you friends, think, do you think this is home? real? What do you think is the uh, best Ooh, case scenario hope, for this guy's I career? Hope, What's, what do you think his career is best case scenario? Best case scenario is like a... Uh, All-star? No. Oh, okay, sorry. No, he could be a serviceable, you know, right. like off-the-bench guard. Let me ask you Let me ask you about RJ. This will wrap up. wrap up our basketball. What do you see from this guy? I've been watching some... It's interesting because I was on YouTube and... Sometimes with Knicks games, at least, I like to watch the clips again because I have this fear of Channel Seventy One. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't really like his, I didn't really like his play nah. much. Why? You know what I mean, I don't know why. I, I guess I was seeing a lot of ISO, a lot of hero ball towards the end of games and stuff like that. No, nah, I don't think so. Dick loved it. You're all about great pick. I mean, look, the last few games he's been playing, he's only had like nine points or whatever. Not efficient from the floor, missing shots. That's but, an issue. But the fact that the first seven games of his career, six games of his career, he was able to put up 20-plus. The way he yeah, was doing right. it, though, also. 20-plus. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, like beasting up Dude, in the inside. His, yeah, his, sure. go-to move, his go-to move is to drive straight through three people yeah. and lay it up. That's, that's like, this is a rookie. This is a rookie doing this. That's a go-to move. I think his strength is, is, is another level for yeah. a rookie. He, and listen, he, and he's a little stiff. right? I see what you're saying. He's a little weird, his movements, his body movements, but... He's so yeah, confident. He's stiff. But also, he's, he's the leader of this team. Look at all, who yeah, else he does? Exactly. Even when he doesn't score, he he rebounds. He gets nine rebounds a game. Right. He has a bunch of assists. They play him a point guard right. for a little bit. Like nobody thought he was. People thought he was going to be good yeah. and be able to score. Nobody thought it was going to be this fast. Right. He's in line for rookie of the year right now. If he if well, he Zion you think stays so? out, yeah. I mean, if Zion, Zion stays Zion out. Back, when does he come back? No, no, no. Zion's not going to win rookie of the year because he's not going to be on court enough. 
But there's this other guy on the Heat that's like playing really well. Hero? Su- no, he's like the other guy. Uh, oh, oh no, no, no. Two guys on the Heat that are awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like 25 points a game, a couple, yeah. of, three, four games. I'll look it up. On the Miami? Yeah, they have two steals, right? Well, one was one was uh, Tyler Hero. Kendrick great. Nunn. Kendrick yeah, yeah, Nunn. Kendrick right, Nunn. Right. He's playing great. Uh, Average uh, like 25 a game. He's yeah. playing great. Damn. Okay, we are, we are done with the NBA. Okay. That was a good little, little round the NBA. We're going to do a 30-second wow. NFL update, and then we're going to hit DC with a question I actually have on current events. Oh. But NFL, Dick. Yeah. yeah. Just update, right? We're, in the, we're on week 10. We just, we're actually watching the last game of week 10, which is the Niners versus Seahawks. Actually, a big game for playoff implications, actually. But let me give you the uh, rapid-fire like rapid update. MVP watch, Lamar Jackson puts his stand oh, that was sexy. on that clip. Four Lamar touchdowns. Jackson, speaking, I was crying. Four touchdowns. So hot. Perfect passer Dude, rating. Lamar Jackson's this guy's all over the news. Tell me a bit about it. <laughs> all right, no problem. Oh, okay. So this guy is. <laughs> I'm, like, Vic, I'm like the grandfather. Vic 2.0. Vic 2.0. That's basically what he is. Okay. And, and, and think about, but in his second year. So he didn't, couldn't pass for shit last, last year. Yeah. So everyone came into the season thinking, like, oh, this guy is not a passer. Yeah, he is not. But. Um, he comes in the first few, couple games, scored forty-five first game points. Season, first game of the season. He's lighting people up. He was the first team to beat the Patriots. He's uh, ama- looks amazing. Um, I'm gonna throw another. I'm gonna throw another uh, MVP candidate in there if you allow me. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Dalvin Cook. The, the, yeah, the Vikings. No, no, let me just make his case. Let me make his case. The, the Vikings just beat the Cowboys in a nail biter. He has his team at his top of his division. He's the league's leading rusher. He is a freaking beast, it, and he's carrying this whole team. Well, you, so you would have Dalvin Cook over McCaffrey. I think it's. I think. It's, I don't think either running back have win. a conversation. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Like I think it was um, Kirk Cousins was in like the top ten or something right. of MVP voting. The top ten MVP odds. One was a running back, really? Christian Stacked McCaffrey. Against them, yeah. One, Why and is then that, Dalvin Cook was twelve. Why is that? Because it's a quarterback league. They just put up all the numbers. It's there. The reason why uh, teams win or lose games. It's never the running back. Running back can help. You never see a defensive player, ever. Yeah. I Who's mean, the last defensive Ray player? Ray Lewis, one? maybe? I don't even think I so. Think Barry Lewis. Sanders. Barry Sanders. 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 They have defensive player of the year. Yeah, defensive player of the year, defense but defense not, not, not MVP. MVP. MVP is anybody. But it's never a defensive okay, player. Okay, so we've Lamar Jackson, def- we'll def- check uh, out. MVP is on defense. Russell Wilson, we're watching another uh, MVP candidate right here. Russell Wilson, you don't think he's in that conversation? I think he is. I think he is. Okay. He's top five, yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron so we'll Rogers, see what happens. Aaron Rogers' past three games. We'll see what happens. Six. Actually, the, the, the story of week uh, 10, and then we'll wrap, we'll move on to current events, but the story of week 10 was – Supposed contenders like kind of not playing very well. Like the Saints looked a little Saints flat. Saints looked very bad. They um, lost. They lost to the Falcons, which is a shit Patriots team. looked terrible. They were on by. They're on by. <laughs> um, but talk to me about the. I mean, I had the Saints actually winning it all. With um, I had two picks. I had the underdog as the 49ers Actually, I called that eight and zero. I picked the Saints, but Ooh. coming out of a bye, you don't see you know the Saints play like that you know very often. I, it was weird. I mean, especially because Breeze came back in, in week was a seven and right. and no week sorry week eight. And he played great. Like, you thought maybe that was a chemistry thing where Teddy Bridgewater was, like, commanding the team. And now Breeze might have come back and needed right, a couple well. games. First game he he played, back, they won well. the first game. Right. So it was very uncharacteristic, especially against the Falcons, who has defense has been porous as shit as a, as a cheese grater. Cheese grater. Um, with that, that has been our NFL update. Mike, who do you got? Who's, ah. your, who's your Super Bowl uh, favorite here? You want to see absolutely naive understanding? Yeah. It seems like... The 49ers. Wow. They're, they're they don't have any losses. You don't have any losses. I'm going to go on a hunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen. You got Niners? I feel like there's so much 
There's best so, player it's a struggle in the NFL, to keep winning right? in NFL. Each game's like best a fucking. Player, Wait, DC wants to tell us something. Ten NBA games. So, yeah. Best player in the NFL. Coming from an expert. The best player in the NFL. Let's see if he's still in the NFL. <laughs> Let's, all right, DC. Christy Amaguchi. Christy Amaguchi. Oh, yeah, nice. I personally right. think he's underrated. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good fullback. All right. So, who, see, you picked see, the Niners? DC's a terrible joke. <laughs> Mike saved it. It saved, saved it. its life. Dick, who's your uh, Super Bowl pick, by the way? Who was it? Who is it now? Who is it currently? Who is it currently? I think my, it was the Pats, and I think it's still the Pats. Yeah, I think I had the Saints and the 49ers. I'm going to keep... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one of those two teams. Okay, that's good. Okay, DC. This is your uh, this is your question. I'm gonna get you involved, uh, and then we're gonna go to a little break, and then we're gonna go into we neurology. For the for we got questions for both of you guys. You guys are our tech guys, and you're also <laughs> you're also social like media that. guys. So my question is: News out of Instagram headquarters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. CEO Adam Mosery says the platform is gonna hide likes. The user will see them, but no one else wow. will see them. I thought this was a prank. Wait. I thought this was like April so before Fools we for a start the topic yeah. for a second. I gotta say, DC is one of the best Instagram storyers of all oh, yeah? time. Follow him. What's the, give him a plug. What's, what's the handle? I said DC, not the Herminator. DC, yeah. one of the best. What's the, what's the handle? What is I, I have no fucking idea. I don't know. All right. <laughs> know. Okay, here's the question. DC, what effect... Is this news, basically? Is this news or not news? This is, will this have a massive effect? Like, I could see all the basic bitch uh, Instagram models freaking out right now, no? No, actually, Kim Kardashian said a couple days ago that she thinks... This will be good for the industry. Why? Why does she think that? She thinks it'll help people. The whole, like the whole self-esteem. Thing, the whole thing they're trying to prevent. Uh, this is a social move. Yeah. yeah. This is not a business move. This is a social move. But at the end of the day, it is a business move. Let me let me tell you something. It's, you know? it's, the intent is not business. It's social. And they said that there was a statement that was released that said we we tried this out in some markets where it was very successful. Where did they the try it? I don't know some uh, but some international you, markets. How are you saying this is not a social move? Uh, this isn't a, a money move. If a business move, if they become uh, have a greater sh- social presence. Their business is going to thrive. Okay, so I, I think it's going to do the exact opposite. I think it's going to do the exact opposite. I'll tell you in a second. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. social move in the sense that the part of the, what was in the statement was this is helping people with self esteem. Uh, I don't think that's the real move behind it. Listen, I, no, I, I get that and all, but, it, business but business is, is all about dollars yeah. and cents. Yeah, but how Let me just tell you for a second. How would it be a business move? Because if they get more popular and people start no. using the platform okay, more. Okay, I think they misjudge this, and I think there's going to be a massive economic but outcome I'm saying, out of this. I'm saying if you're playing devil advocate on their side, I, do you think – really what were you – how did you – why would they? Right, it's a business move. move. Of course, everything's a business. But, but what would you say? They, the right, they're trying to improve their popularity. But right, so come here's on. The I mean, only, here's let me just answer the question. Uh, interesting. I don't have here's the only thing that could increase revenues oh, based grid. on this. Right? <laughs> yeah. The only thing is more users like myself who don't necessarily have a ton of followers, but I do have good content. I would want to use Instagram more really? because people people wouldn't necessarily like see that. Like number yeah, and like, right. you know, like oh, I only have forty two likes. Delete the picture or some shit. Yeah, so okay. it would, it would yeah, give people will... more self confidence to post <laughs> things. Yeah. I think it's going to lead to an cool. uptick in normal user base, but I think the influencers are going to go elsewhere. Can I tell you something? Money. This yeah. is going to be a wow. massive, massive economic loss for for wow. the U.S. I, I'm going to tell you why. U.S. to the U.S. Yes, you don't understand how much money is spent on. On influencers and social media. No, what were people social media before that shit? Social do it media. I know. Let me tell you something. Social money. media. You're in marketing, right? GED's yeah. not going the, down. The fact that you lose social media likes as a metric to to, to we support don't, your We never measure on likes. Does Instagram make money? No good social media uh, marketer Why measures on likes. Wait, wait, wait. What, what do they measure on? Instagram doesn't make money off influencers. Instagram doesn't make money off influencers. Yeah, they're selling their products. No, no, they're not. Instagram makes money off promoted ads. 
that they that right, they play. Right, right. Promo- uh, influencers are just people with a shit ton of followers, right? I mean, exactly. I don't yeah. they, it, it, right? Yeah. Wait, but the, that's the, not like you knew it. Terminator's no, right. the companies yeah, pay Instagram to have Instagram ads. It's right. a matter of if right. influencers are using them. So yeah, that, the, whole, the whole reason that yeah. it, it exists as a marketing platform is because people like the product. They go on Instagram. So now since there's people, you could advertise those people. So companies – I work for a digital marketing agency. Companies like, like the one I work for uh, will buy ads on Instagram for a client. So Nike will now advertise the shoes you saw on the yep. website on Instagram. So if, you, if you the platform wasn't used, that industry? it's okay. There might be a small drop, but there's always going to be a, a, a platform, whether it's Instagram, whether it's something else that comes out that you can market on. Wherever there's people, there's going to be advertising. I think the effect is going to be huge. On, uh, huge. Dude, I, I think you're off base. We'll find out, but I think the you're off base. The only risk is, so as Ezra says, there is a risk. This, this is, is Bones. Bones. This is Bones. Bones. Use the names or we quit the show. <laughs> By the way, first time I called him by his, his full name. In oh, by the way, by the way, he, by the way, he never. He's like coming Binks, right? Binks. Right. That seemed unnatural. Wait, wait, wait. Finish your sentence, and then we're gonna move on to a nice little break. All, all, all I wanted to say was, yeah. yeah. This is the first time that a major social media product made a technology decision that took away a major functionality. Yeah, hundred percent. Because like Trump Facebook, Binks. right? Facebook six years ago. Added uh, likes and uh, uh, likes and emotions yes, right, yeah, on yeah, comments. Yeah, like that was a Reactions, major move. Reaction. Plus, right. But this is a major move. Minus things, so it's a risk because we've never seen that. This Didn't is Twitter also just take away, um, or they said like no more political ads or something like that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah no so political ads. I, I don't think that's gonna yeah. happen. You can't pay for. Yeah, they said. Give me your final happen. thought. What do you got? It's, a, it's akin to Facebook dropping the wall. As I said before, what do you think happens? I think this will help Instagram gain a larger user base, but I think it will minimize the the. Instagram for business users at the top. I think they're going to go wow. to TikTok. I think they're going to go to TikTok's other applications growing. Yep, yep, that yep. are growing that have more of a user-centered design. Okay, yeah. with that beautifully said, we're going to move on to a little break. Just now. And Mike's brought <laughs> uh, Welcome bam. back, ladies and gents. Big Takes with Dick and Bones, episode 20. 20, right? Said that right. We have to our left our special guest, Michael Kompor. Uh, and uh, uh, we're going to be talking about the topics that everyone came to listen to. Yeah, thank you. Um, I want to start with just explaining to the crowd, explaining to the audience right. what you do every day in, in human terms. 100%. I'm ready to do it. Explain to me like I'm five. Yeah, exactly. Uh, first off, again, thanks for having me post-intermission and pre-intermission. That's right. It's been, it's been a treat for us so far. 
Uh, <laughs> so what I do every day, yeah. I yeah. wake up. Uh, what time? I, take, I wake up. Wow. Honestly, Pacific. very, very differential. Kind of like there's a range here. Right. Anywhere between 7.30 and 9. Okay. That's a normal, normal time. Natural. You do natural wake up. Natural wake up. How do you think time. that is that have a big effect on on your body? I um I have to do the research. Oh, that's so cool. Before me, it helps to wake up. Natural. You don't have a long clock? Right. Not always. Wow. Not always. Wow. And you Not trust always. yourself? You trust, trust your body? It. I trust it. I trust that's it. What's your bedtime to be able to trust it? it it's so variable. It's so variable too. It, wow. Anywhere from anywhere wow. From 11 so you just do whatever your body tells you. Three. So you have a very malleable schedule. Extremely malleable. All right, so you wake up. Sorry, I cut you off. And no, no, no what problem. are you doing every day? Uh, Let's hear it. Like to drink some green tea, maybe a little water, lemon, boom. Um, All right, not that specific. What do you do as okay. a job? Yeah. All right, so I go to work. I, I take the subway to Zuckerman Institute, right. and I'm a uh, I'm a PhD student in my third year at Columbia. Right. I'm doing um, soon to be doctor, right? Hopefully, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Hopefully. Wow. Let me ask you that question. Yeah. What do most people not realize about going through a PhD? Like, what kind yeah. of challenges have you like so, faced? So basically, so let me tell like. What I do is basically I wake up and I, I have a set of experiments and right. basically my goal is to answer a scientific question. And my field is uh, cognitive neuroscience, which is cool. basically um, using something like neuroimaging, imaging the brain. I'm five years old. So, so <sighs> Taking pictures of the brain. Take, essentially taking pictures of the brain, right. but the pictures tell us what parts of the brain are active. Right. Right? Or not oh. active. Right? Well, he or maps not stuff like that? Or basically. Yeah. yeah wow. Basically. And it's like it's like you have activation maps, right? You can you activate certain things on that? Yeah, so you can, right? Oh, wow. So the idea is that you make a task, you make an experiment that's designed specifically to answer a question, right? Wow. So you can say, how does attention work when there's a scene that's cluttered, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you attend to different things? How do you see different things when there's so many objects in the scene? For sure. So you'll build an experiment where someone sits in the scanner while you're measuring from their brains mm-hmm. and looking at different things. One of the uh, traits that you're looking awesome. for to activate was curiosity. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to it in a second. Oh, but before wow. I do, I actually want to just go way back, right? Cool. You grew up in... Greenick, Long Island. Close, yeah. We're all the place here, all right. Basically, we're awesome. I thought we were in neuroscience. No, 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 listen, I want to go back to the start. I just want to ask you, what kind of influences, like, how did that become an interest of yours from a young age? Like, Uh, how do you even get on that path, you know? You know, this is not something I think about all the time, but I'm excited to think about it because... Oh, um, you're, you're just you like, know you, know you're here, you don't know how you got there. What was your I first, what was your no, first so uh, inspiration? Started, I yeah. think was when I was young, um, one of my uncles um, just has this, this gait issue, the balance issue, and I became really interested in kind of it, and so maybe I can think about relating to him better and being able to communicate with him about his um, impairments. Right. And from then, I, 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 uh, I started learning about the cerebellum, which is like a part in the back of your head right. that contains these beautiful cells called Purkinje cells that are actually essentially 2D. They're, and they're 2D, they're flat, and they look like trees, like flat trees, and they're stacked one on top of the other. Wow. And basically that part of the brain helps you um, kind of coordinate complex movement and helps with motor learning, right? So I learned about that, I learned about the whole circuit, I became interested in it, and then I went to college. I was on your own you did that? You did that? It was on my own, wow. yeah. And then, I went, and then I went to college, and I was on a pre-med track, um, but I, I had a, Do you know what you wanted to be? Or? I, I, I knew I wanted to be I thought I wanted to be a neurologist Right? And I actually I I, I, um, I went to the I went to the MCAT And I, and I also have an actually there's a, Mental illness runs In a part of my family And um, I became really interested In the diseased mind as well So kind of these like In general Like Alzheimer's? Yeah Schizophrenia perhaps you know, Autism Autism so, yeah, so I became interested in, in, in these types of things in general and thinking about them. And um, 
Yeah, so then I went to college. Right. And yeah, so let me tell you. So undergrad, you went to Cornell. Went to Cornell, yeah. Um, with your brother here. Like I said, let me tell you. Like you're telling him no, what he just, did. No, no, I love it. Let me just, uh, this is what I Googled. I did my, I did my work here. Nice. Oh, Computational oh, physiology, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was. Uh, you want to give us like the, the two sentence yeah, explanation of what that is? So this is the work I did in undergrad. I worked yeah. with uh, a husband-wife team. Um, Dr. Christian Linster and Tom, t- Dr. Tom Cleland, right. who are in the Department of Neurobiology and Behavior at Cornell. And cool. they are studying um, the neural circuitry and like basically the brain circuits, right? And the processes and the different types of things that are computed in a part of a brain that deals with smells. Right. right? Wow. So studying kind of, studying olfaction, right? In rodents because they have massive... Is that what it's called? What's that? What is in, that? in rats and mice, right? So we're studying in rats and mice, we're studying right. the olfactory bulb. Ah, okay. Right, which is a part of the brain. Oh, wow. It's one of the first stages that, that you can smell things with. Right? Oh, wow. Yep, so, so we did some of that, and I was involved in a project that was looking at how different... Um, so did you put the little rats and the uh, little caps on? Yeah, put little caps on the rats' heads. Wow. Um, is that did, part of your like part of your uh, yeah. day to day? Yeah, so part of my day to day is actually infusing drugs in, in, in rat brains. Wow. Okay, you mentioned rats. I gotta yeah. mention that you moved on after Cornell to be a research technician. This is what everyone probably yeah. asks you yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Columbia Medical Center. You're yeah. studying the neural circuits. Let's see if I get this right. Neural circuits that underlie who primate. Information seeking. Oh my so gosh. you played with monkeys. Oh my god! <laughs> so I I started I, I played with monkeys basically. Yeah. So oh, I started man. as a research technician. That's a great job. And um, and that's kind of where I transferred in and I, and I started my PhD. But I was a research technician. It taught me skills. I learned how to record from monkey brains. Awesome. I learned how to you know program and do all these types of data analysis. And I was involved in a few studies. And they started off. Um, on like a postdoc, a postdoc's shoulder. Which what was, like, what were you testing exactly? So originally, I was testing things related to reward and how our brains process reward. But then I started my own project that mm-hmm. was actually not tied to uh, brains. I built uh, custom-made uh, touchpad interfaces to put in the monkey cages when they're just kind of chilling in their cage. What does it, what does it do? Collect data. So I designed a task. Right? right, that was meant to um, understand and quantify right um, intrinsic preferences for novelty. Right, so how we are really how we really like new things. Wow. What was the actual thing? So the paradigm was so like not why we like new things, how we like new things. It's almost like understanding um, novelty preference as a behavioral as a behavior. And trying to understand the variables that underlie novelty preferences, and what I mean is basically all people like different things. You're saying, yeah, but right. like, what if we show on the screen we have a monkey choose between one option? Right? Is this what it was? What is this? Yeah, this, this is exactly what it was. Yeah, so this was one of the experiments that we ran every day. So we had monkeys choose between one option. Right. One option had a like, let's say, five and a half drops of juice associated with it. Okay, drops of what? Drops of juice. Juice. Okay. Right? If the monkey chooses it, right. and also an image that the monkey's seen before. Okay, on the other side, you have one with a new image, right. not a familiar one, a new one with a little bit less juice. Right. So you can touch at the amount of juice, and you can kind of fit a psychometric curve that tells you kind of how 
the monkey over values time, it. over a session, values it. And they could see how much juice is in it, right? They could see how much juice, right, see what he was pressing, how long it took him to press, when he was taking breaks. We filmed so them so we knew what they were is doing. It, is it so more so that you're inclined to novelty? Some, certain people are intrinsically inclined to it? Yeah. Man. Or is everyone just curious about really different question. things? Really good question, man. It's almost like people are split on this. Right. Whether we like novelty, whether we don't, and it seems to be huge differences individual in individual variability, and also depends on kind of what type of novelty. Right. You know, it, is it depend on the like a, a part of the brain is enlarged or not? Because like, yeah, they did the you ever see Alex Honnold? The, yeah, the I've seen it. It's awesome. The part of his brain associated with fear yeah. is like a tiny little fraction of what it should be, and it makes sense why he this guy could free solo, no ropes, climb up a mountain. That looks like the side of a wall. That's insane. And I don't. Need, I, I've seen it. I fucking bug out. Right. It's, it's crazy. And I think it, so. I'm, I'm asking kind of like, is that the same thing with novelty, where where some people like it a lot more or drawn to it based on like the size of a certain part of the brain? It's. I think I can answer that question too. Is one I've never seen the Alex Honnold thing, but I think the fact that you were seeing that maybe like structural change in the size of the amygdala yeah. per se. Right. Um, I think amygdala is really, people like to think about amygdala and fear, right? So it's very specific. It's almost a module that does fear. But novelty is something that almost the whole brain seems oh, to be obsessed in. Yeah, right? activity everywhere. Yeah, so activity, what's the bottom line difference between us and, and, our, and, and our preferences? Like what is, what's that In about? our preferences? Um, I'm not sure actually. It, like, I, don't, I, I don't really think like people have a really good notion of what it is. We right. just know there's a lot of individual variability. So let me ask you, this is a good segue to yeah. Curiosity as a whole. Oh, right? fantastic! Okay, you're studying this. Yeah. Um, I think the term was. Yeah, I'm studying. This What's term. the term? Sorry, perceptual curiosity. Perceptual curiosity. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, just define it for us. What is curiosity? Oh, sort of fantastic! What, what is, I'd love to. What function does it serve? That's what oh, I'm kind of fantastic. curious about. Yeah. Um, he likes it. Yeah. So, so hey, Mike, he likes it. He likes it. Okay, first yeah. off, thanks for doing your research, man. Where's Hell, my CV? Yeah. It's online. That's been awesome. Um, I, yeah, he actually was behind you and watching you during the day. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> right, well, you were very, very sneaky. Right? <laughs> very, very sneaky. Um, I think, uh, so curiosity is kind of the drive for information, right? So uh, curiosity, right, curiosity involves kind of two things, right? It involves um, actively trying to understand where and what you're uncertain about, right? And two, what you want to solve. What things do you want to learn? Because when you're uncertain about things in your environment, this seems to drive learning. Or you could retreat and maybe... Or you can retreat. Like, like, but you're saying it's, it's uh, stemming yeah. from a fear of, of uncertainty that your it, body is trying like, to solve. It's almost like... Yeah. Oh, uh, like maybe a fear... Maybe not a fear. Oh, people argue, yeah, maybe it is kind of a fear. Fear like powerful. Fear motivator. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a motivator. A curiosity is a motivator that allows us to reduce uncertainty about our world. Wow. But then people say curiosity is a bit more general. Right, so let me... Some people say it's right. a bit more general. Let me give you the uh, general so version. The, yeah. the, on that specific note... I think that's why the most intelligent people and the most successful people are the most curious. Yes. Right. There's, there's that innate like search for knowledge. Let me ask yeah, the question. Let me ask the question. Is, is, are people who are more curious, is that genetically ingrained in them? How, do you see, find that people are, are more curious than others? Um, like you know, that's actually really interesting you're saying oh, that because the jury was out for a while. And two months ago, there was a preprint in the bio archive, which is basically a place where you can put Breaking journals. News. And uh, I think I think Matthias Gruber, who's a groundbreaking experimental psychologist and cognitive neuroscientist who does curiosity research, his name is Matthias Gruber, nice. and uh, I think he's at University of Cardiff. But they published this thing where they showed that um, structural changes actually and um, variability in the size of our brain's kind of pathways, 
right, lead to individual differences in curiosity as a trait. Right. Can right? I ask you a second question on this? Yeah, sure. Uh, is there a way for us non-curious people to improve on that? Is that something we could like actively yeah. in, in, like, you know, benefit, like, um, I, improve on? You know, that's actually such a good question because I'm not sure. And that's actually something right. I want to test. That may be one side project that I want to test, which is, which is how to Im- improve or increase your curiosity as a trait. Right. So you can distinguish these two things. One's trait curiosity, which is kind of your, it's a personality trait that you're generally right. curious. And the state curiosity, where I ask you a question and you, became, you become temporarily curious about the answer. Mm. So it, it's a state of curiosity, it's a pulse. So I think, I think curiosity overall is, yeah. it has a good connotation. You know, like you always, you're always like praising the kid in school who's like curious, who's asking questions. And I think it clearly gave way to some, some incredible. Yeah, some, some don't. Uh, that's true. They want their I'm going to get to negatives in a second. Overall, it's a positive thing. You know, yeah. technological innovations, how do they happen? Because people are yeah. curious. Yeah, they, they seek information. They seek novelty. They yeah. seek bones. You're just stealing my lines now. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about, I want to talk about. Oh, um, bones classic. I want to talk about the negatives for a second. You yeah, know, things sure. like ADHD. They don't say curiosity kill the cat for no reason. All right. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. ADHD might be hyper curiosity, man. I mean, it, it, I think that, I think that you, there are definitions of curiosity in which you can say, all right, this seems to be in line, like changes in the amount of curiosity a person has might right. fit specific kind of um, our ideations of what these psychiatric diseases are like. You know what I mean? So right. I think that you can think about ADHD as a hyper-curiosity problem, but I almost think you have to treat ADHD as an attention problem for various reasons. Let me reasons. ask you, what's physically happening in the brain when you're curious? Oh, so that, we don't know. We're, we're we exploring. Know. Oh, wow. What we think is involved, though. Right? I, I heard dopamine, like it's a pleasure. No, you're right. So, right. so that's the idea. So the idea, is, the idea is that it seems to be a, it seems to be a reward type right. of behavior in that information Right becomes an almost reward, right? Right. So whenever, it seems like a lot of studies- satisfaction. Yeah, so a lot of stories operate under this assumption called the information is reward hypothesis, which is literally an idea of curiosity where people like to explore and Mm -hmm. learn new things. Get a natural high. Because the receipt of uncertainty, like the the relief of uncertainty is rewarding in and of itself. I mean, those are two different things, I think. Okay. Oh wait, wait. In my research, astrophysicist Mario Livio, right? You know, yeah. you know. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. He he splits them up into two different categories. It sounded like he was like industry. This is, is industry he, practice. Is he teaching us about curiosity? Pers- no, 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 so no, there's no, two types, right? Perceptual curiosity yeah, there is, is yeah, what yeah. you sort of mentioned at the end, yep. which is that it's an itch we need to scratch. It's yes. not pleasant. It's just something that surprises us. So it's part of the brain that's active to like hunger or thirst. Like, like when you, yeah. when you, um, it's something that's that actor is from you. a movie. Yeah. I can't yeah. tell. Where's he from? You'll never stop yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. Versus epistemic. I think yeah. I pronounced that right. Where it's pleasant. It's love for knowledge. It gives you a dopamine. So you kind of combine the two. No. So, so I actually think Mar- Mario Libby was wrong on that. Ooh. Um, I they think did. that, I think that there is not enough evidence to support the hypothesis that perceptual curiosity and epistemic curiosity are mechanistically different. Like, you think there's naturally some I think that I think that curiosity exists as an information gap, which is basically, we become curious when there are information gaps around us. Now, this kind of gets into perceptual curiosity, and I want to define it because that's kind of my thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, so epistemic curiosity, guys, dick and bones, is, um, <laughs> is basically, if I ask you a question, like a trivia question, right? This is a, a, a state of knowledge that you may or may not know the answer to. This right. is a question you may or may not know the answer to. Right. right? From, from the office. Yeah, and the idea mm-hmm. is that it's, it's epistemic because it's, 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 it's something that's kind of derived through 
like language and it has meaning and these types of things, right? So it's a trivial question. It's an yeah. English, plain English. Yeah. And the idea is that um, our curiosity, and this is fundamental, our curiosity about the answer to a question is related to our confidence in our answer oh, cool. by its inverted U. Meaning, when you give me a question... Yeah, dump that, that down for me. You ready? When you give me a question and I'm only... Um, half confident in my answer right right if I say oh what's the capital of Georgia and I'm thinking oh I'm only like 50% sure it's Atlanta right, right. only 50% sure it seems like if we take everyone in, in, in our population um, people are most curious when you're half confident about the answer because you imagine if you know the answer you're not curious if you don't know the answer, oh, I see if you saying. don't know the answer, then it's too, you it's can't too far even, yeah. You can't fathom a guess. You can't fathom a yeah, guess. No idea. Inverted no, U shape. I, I don't give a shit, yeah. Ah, that's right? a great point. So people have and showed... A un- un- small amount of uncertainty. Exactly. Wow. Yes, a, a little seed of uncertainty. Now, people have shown that this is how ep- uh, epistemic curiosity operates. Trivia question, that's how it works. But um, there is a type of curiosity that's broader than that, and it's perceptual curiosity. The idea in perceptual curiosity is, have you ever gotten a phone call where you can't really understand or interpret what's being said on the other side? You can hear like, the words. It, it's a bit muffled, right? Okay, it's sure. a bit muffled. This makes us really eager to learn what's being said. You ever see something blurry or someone's far in the distance? Right. It, annoys right? it annoys you. It annoys you yeah. because you can't exactly, when you're looking at a blurry family photo, you can't exactly put your, your finger on it. Right. So my idea is that this... Um, what does these two examples I just brought up? They both have uncertainty. They both have uncertainty, and for a large part, um, this is literally everything to us, right? Because you can imagine these ambiguous things around us the phone call, the blurry image. These are survival, also. Well, well, these yeah. are survival, that's why it's important, right? right? But these are questions, just like the trivia questions right, right. are questions, right? Now, maybe, right, how we explore things around us is guided by the same theory with the inverted U that exists for the epistemic curiosity, right? So right now I'm talking to you guys, right? I'm 100% confident in dick and bones. I know it's you guys, right? right, right, right? right. So there's no ambiguity here. I know what the stimuli in front of me are, right? But like, what's that? I didn't actually look. I'm not 100% sure it's actually a fan. You know what uh, I mean? I have, to, I have to double check. I'm not 100% sure it is. They so I'd argue... What you're, you're, you're shown to believe you think it is. Yeah, your whole I life think it is. Maybe hands. context and right. scene might be something yeah. to do with it. Right. Maybe our prior understanding of what exists in a room mm-hmm. in the, in the wintertime, so that probably decreased the probability. Right. You see what I'm saying? So this... And, and if I wasn't making this an explicit example, I probably would have looked over to see it. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's something deep about how we explore our environments right. and build sensory representations in our head, in our mind. Right. So I argue that this process of perceptual curiosity, it, 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 it's, we're, we can't yet say it's aversive, we can't yet say it's fearful. Right. Right. To finish that curve, yeah. the completely uncertain, like the person is way too far away, you, can't, you don't even know they're there. Exactly. Like you, they're a speck in the, in the speck. distance. So speck, it's like... So why do you care? Yeah. Exactly. It's, that, but that's interesting, right? Because that's almost a why do you care because of like practical. It's, like it's, it, it's almost not practical to care right there. Right, so right, why, right, exactly. Why expend attention yeah. resources to something that's not going to yeah. confront you yet? So I think it's interesting to think about in that, that's a really interesting example, because in that respect, like, prediction matters too. 
And estimation matters. Because for that type of thing, imagine if that's a threat, but it's too far to really right. try to process it yet. So you almost have to do a mental calculation of how long it's going to take to get here and factor that into everything. It's like that star you're looking at this could be a star or it could so be an alien. It gets what you're UFO. saying. Yeah. So it gets a threat, right? Uh-huh, I got you. So you can imagine if you're in the woods, right? And you, and you see something off here. It could, it, it, let's say it's kind of dark, you see something here. It could be a deformed tree trunk. Sure. It could be a bear. Right. Right? Yeah. So it's advantageous for you to look. Right. Right? Survival. But it's also right. advantageous not only for you to look, but you can imagine it's advantageous for you to actually remember right. which one it was. Like you remember not to put your hand on a stove. Exactly. Right, right. So these types of things you can remember. So it could be adaptive to actually encode right. the representation of not of the answer, right? Was it a bear? Was it a tree trunk? Right. But also of the question. The ambiguity and associate that in our right, heads. Gotcha. Right? Let me ask you two final questions, then we're going to move on. First is sure. you mentioned we could improve our curiosity. Yeah. Right. So, and I always think of when I think of curiosity, I always think of little kids. They're yeah. always asking like, why, why? You yeah. know, they always soak up information so easily. Yeah. So fucking annoying. It's always annoying, but it's like interesting. You know, like yeah. why are they more curious than us? My niece is going through that, and oh my god, it's cute yeah. in the beginning, but it's so rough. <laughs> well, let me ask you that question. What yeah. makes us? Le- are we actually less curious as adults than kids? Um. I think that our curiosity funneled itself into different domains. I think as a kid, you see a lot of play. You do see a lot of curiosity. You do see a lot of curiosity, definitely. I also but it's just, just like kind laziness. of diversive curiosity, too. Right. It's like they're born and they just, they, they just want to get stimulation. Right. We have more of this specific type of curiosity. Um, I think we can, we, like humans do two types of things, right? We binge Wikipedia. We have this whole Wikipedia cycle. Yeah. That's almost one type of curiosity. And we, we, we love interesting questions. As you know adults, I mean? you're saying. As adults. Right. So we start to get specific with our question asking and start to be, be able to form more relevant, right. complex, That's what I was gonna say. almost practical, practical questions. Right. Right. So I think, um, I think it's just different. It's just different. Right. And there's not one way, there's not one measurement of curiosity where we could say like it's over. We declined it. Declined. Yeah, I got so I, I don't think it's different because we're more complex. I think it's different because we have less of an opportunity in social in social situations to be the kid like right, curiosity. Right, right. Like if I'm in if I'm That's at work, a good point. if I'm at work and somebody says some acronym I don't know about. Right. Oh, that's the MVC four. Okay. And I just started a, ki- a little kid. Like, what's that? What's that? What's right, that? Right. And ask. But Why like, don't oh, we I'm, ask? In, I'm in the industry. I should know oh, what that you're is. Saying it's a pride. Yeah, thing. There's, there's a social aspect. Yeah. If I ask what it is, uh-huh. people around me are gonna that's know. So interesting. If I show, that's fascinating. So you don't think I don't think necessarily our our our, um, our curiosity went lower. It's just that other forces are pushing it down. I, that, that that was my opinion. I think I I think I I think these are good hypotheses, but I have yet to see it really like. Oh yeah, yeah this is this is totally a hypothesis. Yeah. No, but that's such a good there. hypothesis. Let me ask you about um, improving curiosity. What would you change? Yeah. Obviously, if kids are more receptive to it, then we want to yeah. stimulate that. Yeah. What would you change in like the education system? Oh right well, again? that's fascinating. So I I think I have a general question. I have a general comment. Specific one. Specific one first is that I I work with a group called Tech Row uh, that we we bring immersive technologies like VR into into classrooms. They, awesome. they do, they do, and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm working with them now. I'm hopefully trying to research this in in some way, and um, and I think immersion is important. I think uh, interaction is important in the classroom. I think um, building open-ended lesson plans is important, where you kind of allow the person to meander through their own knowledge spaces. Could you give me an example? Of that? Um. Yeah. So, 
I think funneling people into specific classes and making classes required when you don't really see any effect on long-term success. So you're saying electives, So yeah, have more electives perhaps. Um, I think there was an interesting study that showed that people are more likely to learn things in a task, let's say task A, B, or C, if you actually present to them a choice between the three. Not like this is right or wrong. This is a math class and... It's like, no, let's say, let's, say you're in a, let's say you're in a math class, right? Right. And let's say that I ask you to do one of these problems and there's three pretty difficult problems and you're kind of allowed to choose and try your hand at the three. Let me ask you this. Right? They're more likely just, to learn. You think just a, because there's the choice present that your guards let down and you're open to learning more? Uh, People have shown that it's that Let me ask you, you're a math guy. Cool. Dick, by the way, if you didn't, uh, if the audience doesn't know, Dick had a perfect score on his math SAT. So I actually want to ask Holy you that. Did, did math, which in my mind is so structured and rigid, did yeah. that actually like stimulate curiosity? Did you find it satisfying There's, to solve like equations, like a puzzle? Is oh, no, 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 definitely satisfying to, to, to just get it, you know, like it yeah. clicks for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But there's definitely curiosity. Like the, the math wasn't created, it was discovered. Right, it existed already, but you could see the way that uh, uh, people try to prove different theorems that or, they already know why is two plus two equal four. Like yeah. proving that out, or why does two uh, two odd numbers always equal even number? Right. Proving that out. How do you like, prove that two plus two equals four though? You run through this whole so bunch of proof, yeah. and and like, why would people even think to write that up if right. it's such an obvious thing? It's the curiosity. They're like, well, uh, why is yeah. two plus two? Why does two plus so two equal four? Yeah. Why is two odd numbers always equal an even number? Like. Right. W- like well, I have so those to guys are some that. of the more curious guys out there. Dude, I'm guessing. These, um, they're so curious, man. I mean, mathematicians also. Really, Let me ask you a last yeah, question. Really. What are you? What are you curious about? Um, I'm curious hey. about. I'm curious about your sexuality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about that. I'm also curious about how the amazing things that we do, and the amazing behaviors that we do, and the unbelievable feats of being able to. Um, recall from scratch uh, sonnet by Shakespeare or being able to remember vividly a memory from 10 years back or being able to um, be in a very crowded environment and be able to attend to and tune into one conversation while forgetting what you ate for breakfast that morning Forget- <laughs> but while doing that like I think the beauty in our brain is that we can learn a lot from its constraints and a lot from its limitations. We know that it's tough to multitask. We yeah. know that it's tough to engage in things like cognitive control. So, so I think a lot of our brain's beauty is in its structure and its mystery, but a lot of it is in the things that we almost can't do. Right. What okay. do you think, wait, wait, one more question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the people don't use 100% of their brain? Oh, bullshit? I was about to ask that, but let me, <laughs> let me sorry, let me, let me transition. You mentioned the brain. Let I want to take a step back. This is because that's part of it. Oh, okay. That's part of it, yeah. So, Mike, we're going to talk about the human brain, right? Sure, Most powerful computer in the world. Maybe. Maybe? Okay, we're going to get that. <laughs> let me just tell you. Not for very long. Human brain possesses 100 billion neuron, neurons with roughly one quadrillion which is 1 million billion connections known as synapses, yeah, right? Wow. There's tw- 2.5 million gigabytes of storage space in your brain. Latest iPhone, what was like 200 gigabytes? 512. Five? That's pretty, that's pretty high, actually. Like but 2.5 million. That's great. I could keep all my photos. Okay, so let's ask Dick's question now. Are we using... Uh, the theory was, you know, you see movies like uh, Lucy, you know, yeah. that they're using, we're only using... T- yeah, limitless. We're only using 10% of our brain. Is there any uh, truth to that? Um, so, no. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I, the I whole brain fucking fires. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of parts of our brain are involved in a lot right. of processes. You kind of need patterns and specific networks to be active during different tasks. You can imagine that one way to think about the brain is that we have different kind of networks and patterns of activities networks for different things that we do. When we have short-term memory that's necessary, when we have things like attention that's necessary. Well, if you were able to fire so, everything every time. Yeah, so we're probably not firing hundreds of But there's not like a portion of your brain that's just sitting there for no good reason, doing nothing. It doesn't seem like right. Right, okay. Right? right? And it seems like um, firing, because sometimes actually some of our cells actually, when they get stimulated, they actually don't fire, they inhibit. You know, mm. so the idea is that you kind of need the coordination between these excitatory cells and these inhibitory cells, right. and you kind of need all parts of the brain on all cylinders. But some for really just very niche jobs, you're saying? Yeah. So right. it seems like certain things are very, very modular, meaning there's a specific part of the brain for this process, like facial recognition. For a large part, you can kind of look at this set of brain regions here and say, these really orchestrate face processing. Wouldn't right. it be great if you're able to have the facial recognition, have the ability to think um, about yeah. the next thing that's going to happen while catching a baseball and right. doing a backflip? Right. Wow, well, would be interesting. It would be, it'd be insane. It would be scary. Like, wouldn't, that, would, that would be useful right, exactly. for your brain for me. Being Everything's able to, able to fire at the multitask. Right. At the same time, right, they say if you... If and to be able to do everything efficiently. Right. Right. So at 100%. Think, if, it's, think, if it's supposed to be designed like that to do that. To right. If, it, if, right. If yeah. you can focus and get it to, to that point in, in one situation, why not, use why it? not be able to do right. it all the time? That's a fascinating point. And you can imagine that, like... So, so some people are scared, like, why are we trying to get to a point that potentially could have been evolutionarily distant? Right? So you can imagine that right now where we are as humans, how we divvy up time amongst different things and how we multitask and the exact kind of like way that that's optimized, that's just how we can do it based on our energy constraints. You know what I mean? So maybe we'll get to a point where we can multitask and do things 100% efficiently doing them on all cylinders all the time. Right. So should we... But if we were running from a lion, like don't you think we would use our maximum physical... Yeah, but these are massive physical abilities. But not maybe not your your you brain. Think, yeah, you're not right, thinking right. straight. You you don't you don't. Uh, there are other no. There, in the that right case, there are other physical things pushing. Like yeah, clear. Why can't thought, they both? You know? Why can't they both? Right, fire? I guess so. It's almost like so. That's almost if you think about it, the difference between us and computers. Right. Ability to parallel process. Right. Okay, let me ask you. Ah, so I'm gonna quote. They beat us on. They don't have the gig memory. They don't got the gigs. I got the gigs, but they got the. And they the, don't uh, have emotions too. Let me ask you. You you're mentioning you're like walking around the topic oh, of limitations in a brain, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually gonna quote. Uh, there's a book I'm reading, uh, Abundance. I don't know. It's not relevant I've never to this. Read Abundance. That sounds interesting. It's a great, great book on on um on the whole climate change and the end of the world. People yeah. people say it's the end of the world. This book lays out section by section how every single one of those claims are are, are a problem no not bullshit our problem but how our rapidly improving technology will, will, will solve we'll not, not not even solve surpass every single challenge energy water food etc and it's an it's an incredible book I have to read this. This um so it's not relevant to the conversation but but part of the conversation is talking about the brain have you have you seen the show maniac I've never With seen Jonah it. Hill? No, I've never seen it. So you mentioned very emotion. Cool. Yeah, very you mentioned cool. emotion. Like the whole premise is that. Also. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, uh, next break. Uh, next break. The, the activity. Activity, um, yep. How the, the robot, the computer controlling the whole experiment, started to gain emotion. Right? Yeah. Right. Started to. 
build emotion. So like it was starting to get. I guess that's kind of all. I had a, had a uh, love affair with his, with his mentor. Yeah, it's right? okay. a bizarre show. I recommend. Bizarre I recommend. Show. I gotta see but it. it talks like a lot about like they, they do all these brain experiments and these and they interconnect dreams. It's really cool stuff. Yep. But, I mean, I, I, I'm really interested in dreams. That's a seven topic. I'm yeah, 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 we got to. We got to. We can talk about another. Let me, let me talk about hours. just the yeah, human brain. Right just to finish off the human brain conversation. So limitations. I'm reading this book, Abundance. It basically goes through. Um, why why we're inclined to think that, that the world is ending, but this is separate from that. It's basically talking about the human brain specifically uh, having limitations in something called heuristics. Yeah. And they give an example. Um, economist Daniel Kahneman, I sure. think he's a Jewish guy. Sure. He uh, he studied he studied his uh, human behavior, yeah. right? And he went through this exercise, this uh, experiment basically, where he went to the Israeli Defense Force. And what they were doing was they had this exercise in training, like to find the best leaders yeah. to pick up a telephone pole. Yeah. And to do some, you know, some some physical stress thing with with it, and basically the theory was that you pick up a telephone pole with a with a group with a group oh, of guys. whole team. So the whole point is that under these stress, under this type of stress, the uh, the leaders will come out, right? So they, he came to the Israeli Defense Force. He he studied this exercise, and what he found that consistently, the best leaders weren't defined by this one telephone pole uh, experiment. It was defined by other things. But why why the IDF continue? year after year to use this is because our minds have limitations, right? Yeah. So part of it is called heuristics where, you know, we have all these, all these things surrounding us vying for our attention. The human brain makes, makes quick decisions based on limited, often unreliable information just to save time. It's yep. basically a, it's basically a cognitive shortcut, yep. right? Yep. I, want to, I want you to give it, I'll give an example of one and then I'll let you talk. Um, because I've been talking it's for like a, a while. But give you an example. That's always working. Visually, yeah. right? When we're looking at, let's say, we're judging the point between point A and point B. If the contours of the objects are blurry, then what are we going to do? We're going to overestimate the distance, right? Yeah. But if they're crisp, that's then we underestimate. Work. Right. So that's what I want to get into. What, what, talk to me about that. Illusions. So, I want to get so into that topic. I think heuristics, one, one, people study heuristics in perception. Um, people study heuristics in, let's say, trying to catch a ball, right? Um, baseball? You're not uh, baseball, yeah. right? You're not. You're. I mean, or even a football that's coming at you. You're not doing a whole physics problem calculation in your head, right? You know what I mean? You're not. The way that's working is heuristics, and I think that heuristics are more important when we make decisions, like value-based decisions, right? Like decisions on kind of what to buy. Right. These types of things. A lot of it's driven by memory processes. Right, so some heuristic might be, let's say you take um, the average 20 last times you bought something, and let's say you got Cheetos, and three of the times you really loved the Cheetos, so you start to do like a, a moving mean over your history, and that starts to be able It comes to, to the top. Right, it comes to the That's top. That's what people say, like when you drive home, you don't even remember driving. You know, you yeah. don't remember even taking the turns, stopping at the red light, well, but you did all that. Well, that's more motor memory kind of procedural memory right. type of thing, too. Right. Which is a scary thing to think about, too. That your body's on autopilot, basically. You, your body can go on autopilot when you do some things, right, and right. you still do it accurately and to the millisecond. Can I ask you about illusions? What sure. are illusions? Um, illusions seem to be... I don't think those are so... Uh, we can learn a lot about the mind from illusions, it seems. Like, we... we but it's like what you're saying. It's, it's the, the brain is, is only limited with information that's trying to fill in the blanks. Exactly. So it's, it's a filling in the blanks. To the point so where you're actually seeing different blank. things, right? You're seeing different right. things. You're basically seeing what's not physically there. Like, the, the right. RGB um, right. profile. Yeah. What is that? What is that? Red, green, um, blue. Like, red, green, blue. Of the it's the colors. Actual right. or, 
of the actual thing that you're seeing is not exactly what you're seeing. So it seems to be some difference between what you're perceiving and what's actually there. Right? So this, this tells us some things about, for example, it seems like um, cells in like our visual areas seem to do this thing where they like to inhibit each other, inhibit the ones that are next to it. Why? This helps us, for example, if you are looking at a, um, a scene or something like that, it helps us detect contours and contrasts between things in the scene. It's called mutual inhibition, right? Contrast enhancement. And it's done visually, you're saying? Done visually. Right. My, uh, my project when I was an undergrad was studying that for odors, for smells. Oh, wow. And how really like odors you get this kind of lateral inhibitory process in the olfactory bulb where cells next to each other mutually start wow. inhibiting each other. So I found that actually serotonin, right. which is a molecule, yeah. we, can, we can play with it in certain way in the olfactory bulb to make um, the olfactory bulb more or less powerful in that contrast right. enhancer. Wow. Wait, so, so what does that mean in real terms? It means like, like what, if, I, I, what if I give me? you like uh, butanol and pentanol or something like that, two um, alcohols, two uh, odors that are very, very similar chemically, right? So it's tough to make the discrimination between them, right? It seemed to be like, if you have to say one is butanol, one is pentanol, that's tough, that's a tough decision, because yeah. okay. they're very similar. Okay. So our brain, it, it, tough decisions are tough to handle. So we have these additional resources where cells seem to like to inhibit or shut down their neighbors that are tuned to different things. So if one cell likes butanol, the other one likes pentanol, and you like start to think, all right, maybe I saw butanol. This cell that likes butanol is going to inhibit the one next to it. How, do, how does that? Inhibition. Who decides on who wins that? It's a it's a it's a, it's a tough question. I mean, uh, people people wild. people do computational and mathematical neuroscience, which is trying to understand these circuits and how they bring about behavior. You know what I mean? All right, we're so, in this conversation deep. <laughs> it's crazy. But let me ask you just, just so that overall is is a limitation of the brain, right? Yeah. So just other quick. Uh, other biases, I guess, that form yeah. from heuristics, and then we'll go into a different topic for a second. But just to finish them, confirmation bias, negativity bias. Yes, overconfidence. Right. In terms of like in a decision, maybe if you like, we have these tendencies to really um, like overweight our confidence, our beliefs about things. Why is that? So that's one thing. No, like in, in a perceptual type of thing, right? So let's say you're you have to make a discrimination right and left for the way a car is moving. Right? There seems to be these weird things where if you have like, like if you're hyper confident about something, like let's say you're 80% confident it's right, that just turns into like a 90 or 100. So we start right. to weight the high ones. So we start to do weird things like that. You know? Got it. Okay, you mentioned uh, robots. So yeah. I just want to finish up before robots the, are crazy. Before that's, the activity. That's a whole, that's a whole I want to talk about robots and as they relate to the human brain, right? Because yeah. essentially what you're saying is that there will be a machine that will mimic a human brain. Uh, maybe, maybe. Okay, so let me ask you. Back to abundance. You got to read the book. It's great. Yeah, I got it. Um, they said 1992. You should have prepped him. You should give him the book. Book club. It's not really about this topic, but some of these uh, concepts get like woven into it. They basically said 1992. Yeah. Idea for a computer defeating a human in, tre- in chess was a laughable thing. Right. We got in the booth, uh, Mr. Joe Stern. How's it going? Brian Winhorst. Brian Winhorst. Say hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? <laughs> All right, so Joe, we're talking about 1992 where, where the concept or the notion that a computer can beat a human in chess was like dismissed right away, right? Five years later, Deep Blue Supercomputer beats this guy Gary Kasparov. And now... Now iPhone's Now, I was going to tell you, if, if Enrique was here, I was going to ask him what's his favorite uh, app on his phone right now. 
yeah, it's chess. chess. We have a one. championship <laughs> level AI in our phones right now, and he probably what is it for free? Ninety nine cents? Or yeah, something? right. Go is right. the new game, though. Go. There, are, the AI is, is here, well, but I feel like there's a different the misconception from like the film, you know, from, no, from the film I think uh, industry. That, I think that's that sold. Uh, our machines are really good at games. <laughs> that's all it says. Right. So I guess I the mean, question is, do you think AI is going to ever come close to the actual processing power of a human brain? Okay, so then I think there's two questions here, right? The first question is, can I'll we top build, your question with two the questions. The first question is, can we build a machine that does things that we do just as well? No, that's not the question. No, so then the question, so wait, there's a question you're asking, can we do, can we that, build a machine that, that, one's that does things biologically? Yes. Yeah, that one's right. resounding yes. Well, no, well, no. We could definitely, what do you mean? To the, to, the capacity, to the capacity of a human brain, that's what I want to know. So, so some of the things we do, like climb mountains, we can't build a robot yet. That, I'm sure. Uh, you no, sound like MIT guys. That's the fucking maybe those crazy stuff, but these unbelievable movements, not really yet. And it, other things like um, for some, we can't model emotions. So you don't really think we'll happen, ever right? create an AI to, to climb a mountain? Ever? Uh, no, I, th- I, I think we. I think we. Do you can, think it's not? not there I think, okay, so you think can we can? I, so wait. So is your question? Can we build a machine? Do you think we'll ever get there? Can we build? Yeah, hold on. So can we build a machine that does? Um, Human-like behaviors. So that's that's uh, I, I don't, the, the question. question to define that. No, what I want to ask you, right? Or what? Or can we build? Can we build a machine that? Can we build a, uh, a machine that's like a human mind? That's the first question. Or can we build a machine that can like be a human in Starcraft? Like that's a separate right. thing, right? Right. So all, I'm asking technically. No. So the first one. What do you think about the first one? It's tough. I mean, it's tough to say because there's so much that goes into humans. Right. Right. There's this, um, we have this idea of, um, you know, consciousness. How do I, how to fucking... Right. right. How there are things how outside the realm. There are things outside the realm of do this, do that, right? There's things outside the realm of do this, do that. That's right. it. For the year 20, 2101, do you think... 100 years? Within the next it, yeah. 80 years. 80 years. Yeah. Whatever it is. Do you think there's going to be um, an AI that passes the Turing test? You know, yeah, you were just mentioning that. Maybe, like, man. Um, maybe. I mean, I talk about it a lot. I like right. it. Maybe. I think that. I think that as we start to learn more about the Turing test is, by the way, yeah. for for our listeners at home. That, Quoted, quoting uh, Joe Stern here, who mentioned this ex machina, right? Yeah, but if you saw, like, Alan Turing was a real guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> he <laughs> made the Turing didn't make it up. Okay. He made the Turing test. Yeah. What is it? Is that a, a, a machine could fool a human right. into thinking it's human? Right. So on yeah. a grander scale with an actual robot, could could it pass a Turing test? Ex Machina is all about that. But right. I think in the next 80 years, yes. I, I mean, I, I think so as well. Um, I also think that people tend to um, overestimate how much we can really do with these machines. Right, that's kind of the question. We thought we were going to have flying well, you cars. Think, you, uh, think we'll accomplish, you think we'll accomplish the task of, of fooling us humans into yes. knowing if they're yes. robots or not? Okay, that's, that's the ultimate test. Maybe though. that can happen. Of course. Have you ever gotten a call from a from a, a spammer? Spam? Yeah. You think that's a person on the other line? No, of course not. It's a robot. No, but I, I, I don't think that fools us. No, anybody. but that doesn't fool no, us. It sure does. And no, you, have you ever called have, have to be like, you think today, screw loose there. Guys, yeah. guys, you go listen to Andrew Yang. Yeah, he. Right, a, and a little, a little, little, little. There's a lot of politics, Joe. Little pump of the Yang game. It's not a politics. The thing about humans is that we can easily kind of like. There's things that fool us that don't fool computers. The things right. that fool computers that don't fool us. Yeah, but they can't the love. Best, they can't. The uh, best networks that do things like object classification, object recognition, get right. fooled by things that we don't get fooled by. Right. You know what I mean? Contextually, so, is, well, what is it that we don't? Just we we all know. It's yeah. like it's like 
uh, a network that's trained on like millions and millions of objects and it's trained to kind of classify object categories. No, why do you think we, we don't time. fool? Why, we, no. why do you think we don't get fooled? I think we fool in different ways. Ah, okay. That's you know, let me ask you. Ways. So let me give you the stats on this. IBM, this book, by the way, was, was written in 2012. So it's yeah. a little outdated. And they refreshed it or something. They gave a new edition or a new addendum in 2014. Yeah. But the, so everything I'm saying is a little bit old. To, so that's like they say in Hebrew, Kava Homer. Like if you're hearing this in 2012, imagine yeah, what yeah. actually well, people accomplished. Last but back then, years. IBM new, new IBM chips, they're estimated to accelerate supercomputer super performance a thousand fold to an exaflop. What is an exaflop? It's 10 to the 18th or a quintillion operations per second, a hundred times faster than a human brain. Wow. A hundred times faster. So that's the question. With Trump, uh, there was a uh, executive order in February, I think. Trump was putting more money into AI. What do you think happens in the next, you know, 20 years? I don't know where we're headed, man. It's kind of scary. Is it full on iRobot? End of the world? It could be scary. It could be a point we have really strong robots. It also could be coined that I think maybe we'll reach this um, stage or this cognitive limitation where maybe we don't know enough about how the brain does it to try to model it. It's right. kind of futile at that point. Like, what do you think the world looks yeah, like in 20 know, years? I, I don't even think that's what it's coming down to. I think it's, could we train the machines enough to create a machine right. that will have AI? I mean, it's interesting. Do we, do we want to just create a machine that does things human-like but does it in a non-human brain way? No, I think that My the goal, goal is to, is to understand the human mind. My, my goal is to understand human mind, have real so AI. You, you think you're at the forefront of that because you have to first understand it for a, a exactly. technician to create it. I have to understand right. the processes and the computations that happen in the brain. On the front lines. Let me finish it off with your vision of, you know, 20 years from now, are you in like the, uh, yeah. the what, what is, give me the visual, like what do you for see? Me yeah, what do you see? For you. Oh, okay, that's a good question. Um, I want to be somewhere where... Is it like I'm the Jetsons all over again? Maybe, no. I want to no, be somewhere it, where I'm using kind of neuroscience and AI and maybe some of the things I'm he, learning. You're, oh, thinking, sorry, you're thinking sorry, you sorry. professionally. He means I'm in the world. state of the world in 20 state years. State of the world. I was thinking oh, of Jetsons. I love that. All right. Well, that's what I want to do personally. <laughs> you look out the window and, in your apartment. Um, you look out the window. What do you yeah. see? Yeah. Um, maybe flying cars or something like that. <laughs> right? Maybe flying cars. Yeah. Flying cars have never happened. Neil deGrasse Tyson already talks about it on Joe Rogan. Um, Shout yeah. out to Joe Rogan. I'm sure he shouts us out yeah, know, on his yeah. podcast. So I'm sure he listens. So I, 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 I want to, I want to, you know, return the favor. Yep. But uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson does talk about that. It's incredibly inefficient to ever have a flying oh, car. Oh, it's tough to regulate. Oh, really? It's not a good. It's not people. Running First off, how do you have a flying car? You need enough propulsion downwards right. in order to get lift. One it, second. It, it, people yeah, are not. Economy, the, the you're telling me economy. that uh, you're telling me Tesla is not working on wow. the flying car. It doesn't help them. No. Wow. I think that. Wow. I think you might right. Maybe flying cars not, but like I think we maybe may magnetic start to develop cars, but you have to you have to put the brain the machine interfaces might be more popular. Right? Brain right. machine interfaces one's to help with motor function. If you have a disability, motor disability paralysis, yeah. maybe you can. That's do that where that's where it's at. Yeah, and, and, and and people are showing brain machine interfaces for mood. Right. So maybe. Uh, you know, diseases maybe not not that it's a mood disorder, but like right. more kind of like maybe neuropsychiatric diseases. Being able to use BMI's very cool. I always wanted, that. I always wanted to even offer this because I'm like, oh, I just created a great idea. But capsules that mimic the benefits that you get when you sleep. Think about that. I, that's tough. It, Is that hard so biologically? Cool. What do you mean capsules? So, so Meaning you cool. take a pill and you don't have to sleep. L24 hour efficiency. 
Um, Imagine what the world so, would be like. So what would that involve? I think first you have to think about what are the processes underlying sleep and what right. are them, one of them is dreaming and how it helps consolidate memories and sleep in general helps to consolidate memories and then before. I want to ask you about dreams in a second. It's crazy. Yeah. I so used to love dreams. The time you're sleeping, your body is actually working. So it's not like you're shutting down those eight hours. It's you're working still on working. Oh, dreams you're saying. The whole process right. of sleep. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's not like you're shutting down. You're ramping up, if anything. Your brain. Could you, could you tell us you about learn, dreams? You learn things by um, uh, actually uh, exercising that ability and then going to sleep, and your brain then runs through it 30 times right. what you were able to do before. Yeah. So you know, dreams, you, you're working. You're not, you're not, not doing I'm nothing. I'm not up to date on the research on dreams. I, I, used to, I used to write down all my dreams and be a lucid dreamer. I stopped. But... Uh, What's happening in the brain? Like, it, what is happening? We're not oh, Matthew sure. Walker, we're not sure. Yeah, seems, that's actually a great podcast. It seems to be like maybe we're doing things like um, reactivating sets of cells that are important for certain memories, right? In a random fashion. You see what I'm saying? So we could do something like memory consolidation. Helps so you're saying it's, it's helping you mem- remember things? Is that maybe. That could be it. That's one yeah, hypothesis. Yeah, sure. Wow, right? that's it could be it. Um, we're not sure though. Like that's the thing. Wow. We're not sure. We we kind of know what happens. Unfortunately, a lot of the answers to these questions yeah. were we're just it's just that early in neuroscience. It's too early, wow. man. You know what I mean? Very interesting. It's too early. What let the me fuck ask you. Dreams mean? Let me ask you as a final question. Then we're going to go into the head into the break, but um, maybe not as related to to brains in general. But what job or career or technology even what job or career that doesn't exist today? Will exist in That's ten years. That's a hard now. question. Oh my god! Think about it. A social media manager did not. That job title didn't exist twenty years ago. One yeah. thing that, but an advertiser. One did. thing that could exist. Mm, okay, um, I see your point. I think that. No, okay. I think that soon we're gonna have a lot of these like um, surgeons. That surgeons maybe will become obsolete in a way, and we have to have people that are powering these surgical devices wow. with robots. Our, so our, I think our more friend, people are going to be designing kind of these that. type of robots that ha- help us do these types of tasks. Interesting. So it's, it's in the medical field, but you're not really a doctor. I think there's going to be a lot of innovation you're, you're, uh, in the medical field in the next 10, 20 years. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a cool, a ton, uh, a interesting ton. take on that. Big hey, take, you might say. Boom, big take. Boom, boom. What do you think, Dick? What do I think? Of, I, I don't know. That's a very tough question. I, it's going to definitely be something in technology. Um, yeah, maybe more of these operator sort of things, but I, I don't have an original... Uh, take on that I wish I did but I, yeah, I, don't, it's I don't know like if I knew I'd be making that idea and running with it and making yeah, billions you know 100%. okay okay with that we're gonna go into a little music break and we'll be back with an activity yeah <laughs> DJ Bones. Go to Spotify playlist linked in this podcast description and you can enjoy all the beats that we got going on. I appreciate it. I know Mike is a music (laughs) connoisseur. Specifically, what? 
Specifically rap. I just want to ask you, where did that rap thing come from? Um, honestly, it's, I, I have to say it started off with my friend Brian Zarin, actually. We became interested in rap together, and uh, we learned a lot about rap, and we like to listen to rap, and we like to who play freestyle. Do you remember your, the first song you liked? Yeah, Holy who shit, your yeah, yeah. honestly, it's going to sound stupid, but like, Where Is the Love by the Black Eyed Peas. I love that. I, I used to rap it all the time, and I became into rap. And What's I, wrong with the world, mama? What do you like about it, though? What do you, what do you actually like about it? Um, I like flow. Like... The, the concept it of flow. feels good feels good and too far I like flow when you freestyle like the right. flow the improv flow and I like flow like beat flow and how you go on the beat flow right who are your inspirations right now like who do you like to I mean I, I wouldn't say I'm a rapper so no 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 <laughs> but just like who do you who do you find the side uh, neuroscientist now, and rapper yeah you never hear those two words together for different things like different things yeah I always like I listen to Biggie Smalls every day just because I like every day I like his flow as I go into activities like, as I go into things, I like his flow. Right. Um, That's like a motivator. It's a motivator. Pensive, I like to listen to, like, Nas, but not albums. That I, pe- I, I like to listen to, like, the Lost Tapes. The You're more like a Nas. classic rap guy. Classic rap guy, yeah. But what do you think like like now? Today. You like now also? Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, it's weird. I also listen to Trap, but I listen to it more for the beat, actually, mm-hmm. of the Trap. Who do you think's like, an up-and-coming guy people should listen to? Um... <laughs> I, 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 a music producer. I, I like the pro era for a long time. You know, pro era. There yeah. is like Joey Badass and like CJ Fly and these types of guys. Yeah. We're not the um, experts. We listen to like the. I listen to obviously Eminem. I like Logic. Logic's so, great. But I, yeah. I listen to the more generic, like more public guys. Logic's I'm curious good. if you Logic's know any. Under the radio. I'm, yeah, Logic's under the radar. Like under the radar Logic. guys, maybe. I like. I Logic's love Logic, great. but he's out there already. So I'm curious if you. If you listen to anyone. anybody under no, the radar. I don't even know anymore under. No. Being on the deep scene. Uh, let me ask Not you guys. Really, so let's yeah. do a quiz. Really let me ask you about a quiz, right? Yeah. Well, I want to go through some rappers. I'm gonna say their real names, and you're gonna have to guess. There's who no way I'm gonna get even I'll start easy. I'll start easy. Ready? Austin Post. Austin is that fucking. I don't know. Oh, you didn't know this. Post okay. Malone. I Post fucking Malone. Know, yeah. I mean, How did he get his job? Post he Malone. put his name into an online uh, rapper, a rapper generator. Post Malone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Post Malone's a singer. Uh, all right. You ever hear you see a Santeria? Okay, so singers, he singer. Does, does Santeria. It's fantastic. Okay, how about Sir Robert Bryson Hall II? <laughs> this is a hard one. Uh, I'm like never great. gonna get this. Sir Robert Bryson Hall II. Huh? We just mentioned him. Is it logic? No. It's logic. No, there you go. He was originally psychological, and then he, he changed cool. it. Cool, yeah. Uh, what about um, Onika Mirage? Come on, think uh, about uh, it. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, there you go. Easy. What about Aubrey Graham? Oh, come on, Drake. Yeah, all right. Aubrey, what about uh, Belcalis Almanzar? Oh, uh, that's uh, Cardi B. Wow, you knew that. How'd you know that? Okay, well, last Cardi one. Last, no, last two, last two, three. What about Calvin Broas Jr. Brodus uh, Jr. Calvin Broas oh, Jr. Yeah, legend. Uh, I don't know. Who is the answer? Is City. what do you got? Snoop Dogg. Yeah, awesome. What about O'Shea Jackson Sr. You know Snoop oh, Dogg had a, had a football show for his Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Right. All right. Last one. Navadius Wilburn. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I don't know. Then Nav. Future. Cool. He was given the name by um, by this family, G Rock or something. He uh-huh. called him the future of the group, so he, he came became the future. Oh, uh, all right, last last one is Kendrick Duckworth. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, this is the game. It's called Beat Battle. Oh god. Since we have no other Beat Battle participants in this room, unless Joe surprises us, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do a game. It's we got it from Jimmy Fallon, where I get all my games. Shout out to my boy Jimmy. Let's kill it. It's <laughs> called the Wheel of Freestyle Beat uh, Battle. So okay. what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna 
give you a beat, and we're also going to give you two randomly generated words to include <laughs> in the rap I, seamlessly. All right. Yeah, so level one, I'm going to hit my random generator. Make it. Wait, the sound. And we have yes, hammer and parfait. Okay. Okay. So one second, I'll give you a second. Uh, I don't know what kind of beat you like. You want um, you want like '90s, like slow. You want Whatever like a guitar. All right, let's how, see. What how this. long does this rap have to be about those two things? I don't know. Doesn't matter. What's it? So we got what? hammer and parfait. And parfait. Fuck. All right, you know what both things are, correct? Yeah. No, I just let it happen, you know. All right, here we go. Wait for the uh, wait for the chorus of this beat, you know. And we gotta raise the volume. That'll help. <laughs> it's almost harder with the words. Hey. Is it gonna go in or is this the beat? No, it's gonna go in, it's gonna go in, it's gonna go in. Start at least. Richie Mizrahi and basketball. Okay. Wait for the uh, wait for the beat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. You love that porridge right there. That's awesome. That's heaven. That's heaven, baby. All right. Here we go. Wow. Weird beat. I don't know what this is. First thing that came up. Richie Mizrahi and basketball. Uh, is it gonna go in? I gotta know. Wait, wait, one more. Yeah, listen, listen. They say you ballin', shot callin', and when I'm goin' like chocolate malted in your sweater, you know I rhyme better in any weather, and when I'm flowin' on the mic, it's like hip-hop and hoops. You ready know it's you, you ready know the troops, you ready know I'm riding on the three-point line, steady grindin', uh, Tony Allen, on my back of my shoulders, you know I'm riding with rollers, you know I'm hitting the bricks, you know I'm making the money on the books. I'm a PhD student, oh shit, who knew he could rap, did it? Uh, this is really good, actually, my flow goes casually, in and out of verses. You better know, I'll put you in the nurses, not like Nick, you already know it's curses. Hey. Toronto Raptors won a championship last year, this beat's dying down. Better know I'm a deer, like in the headlights, it's really near, it's fear, that's what we were talking about in the last chapter, oh shit, she got a daughter and she's 21 and kinda fine, oh shit, she's already mine, when I go on the mic, give me your digits, oh shit, I'm a fidget on the itch, I'm a bitch, nah, you already know I'm hip hop, I'm a rhymer, better shit, stop, slip, not. that's a band, I think, oh shit, that's my plan, freestyling on a jam, and Jay, you ready? No, I'm ready. Uh, give me some breakfast, I'm kinda steady. Didn't eat, got the munchies. I repeat when I fuck it up. It's 